Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. It is Monday in the free world and, and also Monday in parts of the world that aren't. Uh, I'm Dave McCann. Welcome to the Wise Guys. <laughs> Brian Logan's here with us tonight. Blaine is out tonight. We got so much going on, but we welcome you to the number one BYU sports live stream talk show in the entire world. We're on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, uh, ysguys.com. That's where you can find us tonight. We've got everyone starting in with uh, uh, a shout out, uh, and we'll try to recognize everybody on the live stream. Jump on that live stream and say hello as we say hello to Brian Logan, uh, who was on the field in the secondary when BYU knocked off number three Oklahoma mm-hmm. down there at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. I was thinking of you last night as I was watching the Cowboys beat the Eagles on that same field yeah, yeah. where you were down there and, and you got a chance to celebrate having knocked off the Sooners in one of the greatest achievements for a BYU football team. There's a list of them, and that's on the list. Yeah, uh, you know, every time I watch a Cowboys game, a home game, I uh, I always have flashbacks of, of that game yeah. and, and just, you know, certain moments. And, uh, you know, the number one thing I always remember is uh, an Oklahoma fan. Um, you know how they had seats kind of at field level where they had, you know, like, bars and things like that. And um, I remember every time I kept coming off the, the, the field to the bench, uh, there was a, a – one of these drunk fans in Oklahoma. And he was like, you look way taller on there. How tall are you? Are you really five, six? It, it was hilarious. Just, say, was, just keep watching the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, he's like, the only thing that looks your size is your arms. Those look the same on the screen. <laughs> and when I see you face to face. So, um, yeah, you know, that was a, it was, it was a fun game. But, you know, more than anything, like you said, to be able to, um, you know, be a part of a significant win like that is uh, it's a really good it's a, it's a really good thing. Yeah, it never goes away. Uh, Richard from Panama, welcome to Belo. Checking in from Panama, Jonathan Ashcroft. Oh, awesome! What up, Belo? Love you, dude. Look at this. You're like a rock star here on the show tonight. <laughs> Deweysville, Utah. Bobby's in on the Wise Guys, and uh, Farmington's here. We'll try and get your names and locations, but let us know where you, where you're watching us from all over the world tonight. And and we remind you to follow us at YSK. Guys.com. That's our home base. Um, you can subscribe to our weekly email, get highlights from the show, uh, and ac- access to all of our uh, prior interviews. And there's a ton of them. It's all absolutely free. And some of those interviews include Steve Young, Danny Ainge, Wally Joyner, Marie Osmond, Jimmer Fredette, Kyle Van Noy, who had a big game against yeah. Puka yep. yesterday, Sherry Dew. Um, it's uh, I'll tell you what, you can kill a lot of time there, especially if, if you got free time, if you're near an airport or whatever, just click on there and listen to all these interviews at ysguys.com. Next week, Jimmer Fredette's going to join us on the Wise Guys. So next Monday, make sure to be with us as he's getting ready for the Olympics. So Jimmer, next week, we got awesome guests coming up here tonight. And uh, let's hit the hit list on uh, Milo, tease our show tonight. Yeah, so... Um we will have a discussion on TJ Woods for football. Um, he's going to be hired as the offensive line coach. Pete Thamel reporting that today. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting how 
uh, other people outside of BYU know before <laughs> BYU insiders know? Let me know? just say this. <laughs> I don't know if they know before, but they're always the one to announce it. Uh, you know what? That's a really good point. I don't point. understand that's that. A, that's a great point, actually. That's a great point. How many times right. have we sat on the game day set? We know exactly who's in the game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Pete will tweet it out from wherever he's at. Hey, such and such isn't playing today. Right. And then we go, hey, Pete Thamel says such and such <laughs> isn't playing today. Because BYU hasn't released it to us yet, right. even though we know it's happening. Yeah. And we just scratch our head going, you know, we're right here. Right. We're right here. Or even when a, um, a news reporter um, in, from Salt Lake City says that, uh, you know, a starting quarterback isn't going to be playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you just scratch your head and you're going, I don't know. I don't know how that all works. Right. Right. We, we try our best. But TJ Woods, we'll talk about him in depth here in just a few minutes. Yep. And then we'll have uh, Bronson Confucian. And Tyler Batty as well with his return, uh, his announcement that he's returning. So um, interested to, to see, you know, what were some of the the aspects of, of why um, he wanted to return. You know, I, I feel like everybody should return with a COVID year. I think we I, we could return, you know, like I, I'd I, like I, to get back out. I have, I have a COVID year. Everybody has a COVID year in life. <laughs> everybody does. So Not you'd just like to say players. you should be able to apply that COVID year. To your exactly eligibility, absolutely. Uh, even if it's been a bit down the road, everybody. It's, this is a I, world. I like how you think it's a worldwide thing. Everybody, <laughs> everybody gets a COVID year, <laughs> and then we'll also talk about uh, BYU hoops um, and how this week's polls are a sign of respect for Mark Pope and uh, this BYU program, even with that loss. You know what we didn't get? Uh, speaking of everybody and COVID, uh, we did. We still had to pay our taxes that year. It seems like we could have got a COVID year. It doesn't cost kids eligibility, and it shouldn't cost us taxes. You know, I kind of, I kind of uh, paused for a second because I was like, I didn't pay taxes, but I wasn't working. So, um, let me speak on behalf of the people who are working and paying taxes. The working class. We didn't get a COVID tax year. I'm, I'm upset about that. Uh, shout out again to folks joining us uh, from Tucson. Neil is with us. Uh, Neil, thank you. We mentioned Deweyville, Utah. I'm not even sure where Deweyville is, uh, Robbie, but it's good to have you uh, on the show tonight. Harriman's here. Ruthie, you're not late. We're just getting started, and we're gonna. We may just go all night. So let's let's see what happens. But well, we uh, usually do when I'm on. And, <laughs> hey, you know what? We're also talking about Bronco Mendenhall with you and and Bronson. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's back in the game. Yeah. And you guys played for him. Yeah. And uh, it'll, I'll be interested to get your take when we when we tackle Bronco uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Let's start with BYU football in our few minutes before we bring Bronson on. Um, as Bilo mentioned, uh, Pete Thamel reporting that the Cougars are going to hire T.J. Woods, who is the offensive line coach, and he's the run game coordinator at Georgia Southern. They're preparing to play in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Um, and so it's not going to become official uh, until after that, that bowl game. We think he's going to be the run game coordinator, too. I think they're looking for a two-for-one in that, but yeah. they're also looking for a tight ends coach, so, so I'm not sure. But, but that is uh, certainly the name that we've heard being kicked around uh, since uh, Grimes kind of we took that other job uh, over in uh, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then T.J. Woods uh, kind of moved up the, the ladder there, and, and he's got experience with Kalani. You go back to Oregon State, and that's where they first coached together. So it's not a out of the – you know, right. out of the blue pick. Yeah, I, just looking at his resume, I don't know too much about it. I haven't heard anything um, literally at all until, um, you know, we, we started hearing some of the rumors and of who BYU was talking to. 
I like the fact that he has five uh, P five experience. Yeah. I like the fact that he sent um, a, a few linemen, you know, to the NFL. And um, I, I would I would hope that he is the the run game coordinator. That just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, versus having a tight ends coach, you know, I, as the run game coordinator. But. I like that he uh, was Aiden Robbins' coach at UNLV last season. Yeah, that's when it. he ran for thousand yards. I don't know if Aiden's coming back. Uh, I think he's like a lot of guys thinking. What what are my chances in the NFL? Yeah. Are they any better if I wait a year? Hopefully, Aiden comes back because BYU needs him. Last we'd heard in the rumor mill is that uh, that he's taking a deep deep look at at uh, going into the draft. But uh, it would be a shame that he left and we got his coach. I'd like to see those <laughs> two together. Right. But uh, but there is evidence there of uh, of an offensive line moving the football on the ground, which is what they did at UNLV with Robbins, and he was the coach. Yeah. Yeah. And and. I think the other thing that I, I like too is that he, he he has a lot of experience, but he's also younger, which is yeah. which is, you know, a little bit rare. I, th- I think right now with with football, um, you think you think of a guy like like Harvey Unga who you know got his opportunity young, and and as he you know tacks on that experience as his career goes on, he he's still going to kind of fit that that younger mold, which. Oh, right now with this generation, you got to you got to find ways to speak to, the to language of the kids, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. if if and Harvey Harvey's going to remain as a running backs coach, but if uh, if Woods is the running game coordinator, or if the tight ends coach takes that on, we we don't know about that yet. But if it's Woods, how does Woods and Harvey work together? You you've you've been on the team where you've had those coaches working together that way. What, yeah. What what what's the relationship like? Coach the running backs, and I'll figure out uh, how to how to play them. Or is it just kind of two guys on the same page doing the same thing? You know, I I don't I don't know the the details of it at this level. Um, I, when I played running back in in junior college, um, we the running backs were always with the, the offensive linemen um, during film and and install and yeah. Um, you you have to be on the same page, and and it's it's better if. We're reviewing a front, a defensive front, and you know the offensive line coaches on this type of play, on these type of plays, we're going to attack this front in this way. You know, we're going to hit this gap. We're going to let this man free. We're going to we're going to go upfield and hit the linebacker. Um, you know, having the running back to understand that and know that um, obviously is essential. So I don't know how uh, the players and the coaches are are installing that if it's individual. You know, within their groups, but definitely 100%. The running back coach and, and the and the offensive line coach they they need to be you know in sync and, and step to step. And BYU's gone two seasons without being able to run the football, uh, and so that has to get fixed. Yeah. And so uh, if they've been doing it differently, then they should do it this way moving <laughs> forward, right? Right. Yeah. Because it, it, it's been done differently before, mm-hmm. um, but the last two years it just hasn't it just hasn't worked. Yeah, and I, th- I think a big part of that too is is having a, a running quarterback in A-Rod's, yeah, yeah. A-Rod's offense. Um, we saw the difference, right, with, with, uh, with Jake and, and Keaton. Uh, obviously, I think, I think we would – it's a toss-up because do you want the offense to, to move the ball and do you want to have a, a running game or do you not want to turn the ball over? <laughs> Pick your poison. Right, exactly, exactly. I want to run and not turn it over. That's kind of what I'd like. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We had way too many turnovers this year, 19 of them. That's crazy, and, and a lot of them were drive killers or touchdown makers for the other, yeah. for the other squad, and they, and most of them showed up in the Big Twelve, yeah, uh, especially on the road. Tight ends coach BYU still looking around. 
Uh, I haven't heard any names, which is strange, on, uh, on who's going to succeed Steve Clark there. Um, and so we just kind of wait on that one. The line coach is priority number one. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they'll shift to, to whoever the, the tight end coach is. How do you think that, 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 that uh, criteria when the staff is looking for coaches, do they go LDS first or like BYU ties? Um, and then they say, you know, who, who is available or not necessarily available, but who would be willing to come? Who can we get? Who can we get? I think who we can is number one, (laughs) Uh, who can we get? And then who can we fit? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, like, uh, if it's, if it's woods, woods didn't play at BYU. He coached it. He coached at Utah state. That's as close as he coached around here. But, um, but he knows the, the, knows the state. And then you got to you got to buy into the culture, just like a student athlete. Yeah. So I think it's, hey, who can we get? Who can we afford? Who will come here? Mm-hmm. Uh, not everyone will come here. Who would come here? And then what's the best of those? And um, you know what? It's going to be super hard to get someone better than Steve Clark. Yeah. And so I'm curious to see what they come up with there. Yeah, no, I was asked this the other day um, on an, another radio show, who, who would I like the tightest coach to be? And I said Steve Clark. <laughs> you voted for Steve to come back. Yeah. We'll see what happens. The transfer portal is open. The biggest name really so far from BYU is Miles Davis, uh, which surprised me because there's kind of the buzz of, hey, maybe Robbins is on the fence. Well, if he's on the fence and were to go, then there's an opportunity for Davis uh, and LJ Martin and those guys to compete or someone else to come in. But that's been the biggest name. That, that, you know, there's some n- names here and there, but I think Miles Davis was the biggest one so far, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You know, I was actually happy when I saw that. I was, I was happy for him. Um, Just to go get a chance to play somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And He's got potential. He had a hard time staying healthy. Th- I think that played a, a pretty big role. And, and I, I think this the, thir- the first time this year is when I was able to see Kalani's philosophy when it came to – injuries and how if you're look if you're injured you're, you're you kind of slide off the depth chart and not only do you have to get healthy but once you get healthy you then have to beat out yeah. you know the, the, the guy that took your spot which usually at least with the part that the teams that I've been a part of it's not that way um now maybe because you know the the guy that got injured is so much drastically better than you know the second string that when they when they get healthy yeah you, you automatically get the spot but I think that that showed how uh, how the, the talent level was in certain position groups, like running back, right? Because we saw LJ, Aiden, um, Miles here and there. He was sprinkled in here and there, but yeah. Um, and, and I think with with Miles, he has to, you know, he probably took a step back and said, regardless if Aiden is coming back or not, you know, what are my opportunities and my chances based off of my experience and in, in, in the history? And, yeah. and you, you look at it, you look at how A-Rod calls the offense. And there's there's certain plays that are perfect for him, you know, getting him to the edge. He has, you know, great speed. He's very athletic. But I don't I don't feel like that's a that's a everyday type of call for for A Rod and, and this this running game. So hasn't been, hasn't been. You know, so I, so I think he can go somewhere where it's a, a better fit for him. Um, you know, start over, clean slate and um, you know, see what he can go from from there. 
Todd Wright says, I'm happy for Miles Davis, too. Huge fan. Wasn't given much playing time. So, Todd will pull for Davis, uh, and, and we'll see where he goes. I was going to ask you a Bronco Mendenhall question, but Bronson's here, so I'm going to ask you when he comes on in about seven minutes. So, yeah. Bronson, Kafusi, and then Tyler Batty are defensive ends. It's a very defensive theme yeah, tonight yeah, with Milo yeah. and Kafusi and, and, uh, and Batty. Let's talk men's basketball for a moment. Eight and one now, number 18 in the AP Top 25, which is still wild when you think about where this team's been the last couple of years. Um, and they're number 17 in the coaches' poll in the net which is what the NCAA tournament committee uses to fill the, their field yeah. of uh, 68. Uh, BYU fell from one all the way down to number three <laughs> after the loss, right behind Arizona and Houston. So when I saw that, I thought, you know what? There's some national respect for BYU. Mm-hmm. The, this team is good. And uh, a close loss to the Utes up in Salt Lake uh, isn't denting their uh, their chances at moving forward. So I was happy to see them at number three as opposed to, hey, they lost one, they're out. Right, Which right. has been usually the case with basketball. Yeah. Uh, instead, it's like, no, they lost one. It was on the road. It was close. You know what? That's still a big, that's still a good BYU team. We're leaving them in the top 20. Yeah. You know, my, my question is, when it comes to net ranking, how is that? Is that like a computer system? Is that? It's is analytics humans? driven, who you played, how they're playing. Okay. Yeah, how you shot, what your turnovers were. It factors in everything to try try and come up with a an analytical summation of here are the best teams so so to me i mean it sounds like yes yeah, as, as long as you like if you lose and it's a close loss um you don't get killed you, for playing yeah. decent teams right yeah exactly right? and if you play lousy teams you don't get a giant reward right Right, but yeah, I mean, it's really like the the full body of work, right? Yeah. Like just all the stats that you said. Yeah, and the human element is always one the controversial part, right? But it's also the uh, the reality part. Yeah. Uh, hey, Alabama is the best team. The way they looked at Georgia, so I'm voting them in, mm-hmm. as opposed to well, the numbers say Florida State's undefeated. They should go in, right. and therein lies the debate. So once you add the human element in there. Then, then you get the controversy. If they just yeah. went by a straight numbers thing and go, guys, here's what the computer said. Kind of like uh, sometimes they say, you know what? Baseball umpires need to be replaced by a computer. So yeah. they don't blow all these calls on the plate. But you take the human element out of sports, you take a lot of the drama out. Yeah, that's true. Like the Chiefs are still bent out of shape that they lined up <laughs> off sides. Uh, and it cost them a touchdown or maybe a win. But you go back to it and you go, hey, the Bills aren't complaining because the dude lined up off sides. Um, rules are rules, and 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 it was inter- they were mad at the interpretation of the official, yeah. like hey, let that slide, you know, or give us a warning. Right. You yeah. didn't give us any warnings. Uh, whereas in computer, it's like Psh, no warning. It's, well, you this know, is what it is. Life, you throw the human thing in there, you got stuff. That's a, that's a good point. And you know, life doesn't give us warnings either. Um, you know, when, when stuff happens. No, but and, there's a yellow light before <laughs> red. <laughs> Actually, uh, <laughs> in my mind, that, that when I see yellow, it's a, it's to speed up, go faster. Well, if you're in the intersection, but not if you're like 100 yards out. Yeah, if, uh, if, if I'm like 200, I'll slow down. <laughs> Jackson Robinson had 17. Richie Saunders had 13. These are guys off the bench that are, are continuing to lead BYU. The Cougars shot 7 of 30 from the three-point line. That's the worst of the year uh, for a team that's the best in the country at shooting threes. But they were 10 of 18 from the foul line. Had they made their free throws, yeah. 7 of 30 wouldn't have cost them a win. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think... When it's when you're down the stretch and uh, in, in critical key moments and you're on the road um, in in tough environments yeah. and 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 you gotta take into consideration that I, this is not just a road game, 
right? This is yeah, this, like, is, this, the, this the is the game. yes, exactly. And we had a third of the arena, which made it feel like more of a state championship. Yeah, right, right, right. And, and so I, th- I think I think a lot of that pressure um, and just that that environment changes up things a little bit. And especially if you when you're playing from behind, and this is in any sport. I mean. You're you're running a little bit harder, right? Um, you know your 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 intensity level is is much higher, and and so you tend to get a little bit more tired and, and exhausted. And, and you also get sped up. Yeah, you know your three point form that you've practiced. Yeah, all day long, and that that you know Trevin Nell and, and and Noah Waterman, those guys have been dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer Johnson, and I think that group was one for thirteen mm-hmm. at Utah's basket. Where down here they're just throwing it in the ocean. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think he gets sped up on the road and we saw that with Jake Retzlaff a little bit. Yeah. It's yeah. like, dude, it, it, but without experience, you, you are sped up mm-hmm. with experience. You're like, okay, this is what this is. Yep, and exactly. We're going to get sped up. We got to go play in all these big 12 arenas. Crowd's going to be nasty. Mm-hmm. They're going to be long arm defenders getting in the way of our three point shooters. Uh, and so this was a good lesson to learn. Yeah. You can, you can learn more in losing. You can and winning, and, to, and especially especially when when you lose like this, because um, having a close loss, and and I would say I wouldn't say having a close loss, but being competitive in your loss, and, yeah. and knowing that the game, you know, wasn't out of out of reach, and and we had opportunities. Um, that's those are the best losses to have, and and you're right, like technique when you're when you're from when you when you come from behind you're trying to come from behind technique is thrown out all the way out the window how many times have we seen um you know the the the, the BYU linebackers um and you know two guys in, in the same gap you know yeah. uh when when they, they know not to be in that same they, gap they they know we we we've seen it so many times where they've executed and been in the right gap but yeah. there's something about playing from behind that you know that kind of rattles you and you look at the the best best uh, basketball players like like Kobe Bryant, I, I admire Kobe um, just for his his mindset. Is he stays even keel no matter what? He he could talk trash, but then he comes back down. Right? Yeah. He could look look disappointed because he missed the shot, but then he comes back up. You know what it hurts the Eagles quarterbacks a lot like that? Mm. Just always mm. seems to be the same. Yep. Whether he just fumbled or threw an eighty yard touchdown. Exactly. Exactly. And in the fourth quarter, you want someone like that, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're down, you know, thirty to thirteen. And, well, and then when you when you're even killed like that, um, especially the leader, right? But if you're even killed like that, um, you start to think go go through your technique. You start to to process, you know, plays, and and you slow the game down. So regardless of what the scoreboard is, you're still you know dialed in. And how many times have we seen Kobe Bryant make you know game winning shots? And and when you have someone like that that is a leader, yeah. that same um, you know level of calmness is spreads throughout the team. So then now everybody says, okay, guys. And I think I think Keaton was like that. I think I think that Oklahoma the the last drive where BYU had an opportunity to to still go down and score, and, and you saw all those penalties. I, and, and and I I remember Jake, and I love his passion, his intensity, but he was barking at the refs, and I'm like, dude. Calm down. Like I was like this for him. I was breathe. Well, his heart was racing. Breathe. He'd never been in that thing. Right. And and, and so this is where somebody like Keaton comes into play and goes, Look, okay, guys, I, I know we had a false start. I know we had a couple. I know what they're what the defensive line is trying to do. The refs aren't gonna help us out. Let's block all the noise out and let's focus on this next play and execute. And you should have left our game day set, went down there and said, Jake, I beat Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. Right. You can do this. Take right. a breath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, BYU was down 16 to the U. They came back, had the ball with 9.1 seconds left, down by two with a chance to either tie and force overtime or win it. And, uh, 
Dallin Hall lost the ball off his knee, heading to the basket, and that's how the game ended. Uh, if you watch the videotape, uh, Mark Pope had drawn up a genius play, uh, and his staff and he had been doing a fantastic job. But but coming around that corner was Jackson Robinson yeah. to shoot the game-winning three, uh, and he was going to be wide open because guys driving to the basket, that's where everybody mm-hmm. goes. But uh, but I think Hall was thinking, okay, I got to catch it, turn around and kick it, and in all of that, it was the catch part that slipped away, and and then it was over just like that. See, That's sports. This this goes back to the technique, right? And this goes back to playing from behind and, and being intense. And the, the the things that you learn in pee wee, it goes out the window, yeah. right? Or yeah. the timeout you just had. I was <laughs> right. like, what? what? No, yeah, no, yeah. literally, because because that's that environment, right? Yeah. That's that's the, you know, I hear this noise, and 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 then you start thinking about the position that that we're in as a team, and and all the success we've had, and you know, we're we're you know riding on cloud nine, and and you know we're celebrities right now in Provo. We don't have we don't got to do homework. We don't got to go to class. First of all, everyone does homework. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how many times we got to say this. I had to do my homework and well, you had to do yours. You, uh, you know what? You know why I had to do homework? It's because when we lost. <laughs> That's when not we, true. <laughs> when we lost then all my, teachers, all my teachers were like homework. All my teachers were like, yeah, okay, uh, Brian, where are all these assignments? And I was like, well, I thought three weeks ago we were we were good. You said, take your time. Don't worry about it. But now as soon as we lose, yeah. then I got to turn paper. Yeah, when your book comes out, I'm going to read it. That's going to be fascinating. <laughs> this week, BYU hosts Denver tomorrow night or Wednesday night, December 13th, uh, at the Marriott Center on ESPN Plus with Blaine and Spencer and myself on the call. Georgia State is at the Marriott Center Saturday night, December 16th at 7 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN+. Plus. We'll be doing that one as well. Howard in from Anchorage, Alaska. Good to have you on the live stream tonight. Um, women's basketball now 8-2. and two, Beat Boise State 65-50. to 50, And then beat Utah State 62-56. to 56, Those two games since we were all last together. Lauren Gustin continues to carry the load. 16 points, 18 boards against the Broncos. 21 points, 21 rebounds against Utah State. There were 51 fouls in that game. Crazy. 51. Is that... It should be stopped if there's... In Vegas, they just stop it. They go, that's it. There's too many. Is that a, is that a sign of... Um, you know, physicality of, of, of a rivalry It was game. bad basketball yeah. is what it was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they, they looked a little better against uh, Boise State. But 8-2 and two with a young group, and uh, and the force of Gustin has been helpful. Uh, head coach Amber Whiting announced that Nani Fawatea, who they were counting on, stepped away from the program, so they lose another big piece. Yeah, and that just means freshman Amari has to step up and play like a junior, and yeah. that's a lot to ask for for a, a kid out of high school, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think she's, I think she's ready. I think she's, um, I shouldn't say, uh, I don't want to say maybe not ready. I don't know if I should say prepared, but I don't think the moment would be too big for her. Um, I, I think obviously she'll have to go through some, some, some learning, a learning curve and, and growing pains. But you know, at this level, and especially as competition starts to increase, but you know, kids like that, that, that. Um, you know, they're, you, you grow up in a basketball or a football home, right? And, yeah. and you're kind of tossed in, into uh, the wilderness with, uh, you know, no GPS, no Siri, you know, no, no phone, nothing. 
and uh, you know you get a tap on the, on the butt that says good luck. Um, <laughs> you know those kids kids like that they're they're made for. It. So eventually, I think once you figure things out, should be fine. All right, let's bring Bronson in and uh, get him settled. And as he comes in, let me tell you that uh, women's basketball is back in action on Saturday, two o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN Plus with Spencer and Kristen on the call. Women's soccer, the final rankings came out number four. Behind Clemson, Stanford, and number one, Florida State. So an outstanding first year in the Big 12 for Jen Rockwood and the BYU soccer team. At track and field, Sierra Tidwell-Alfin broke the 34-year BYU record in the high jump over the weekend in the Smith Fieldhouse. The five-time All-American cleared six feet, two and a half inches, which currently ranks number one in the country for the 2023-24 indoor season. Previous program record was set by Chris Wilson in 1989 so that's a high jump of six feet two and a half now how tall are you i'm five six so that's that's a high jump of you <laughs> and that's a high jump of me bronson you're six five are you six six or six five or are you six seven I'm, is it seven i'm like yeah i'm gonna say six seven so six, six seven six, so six, seven, uh she, she wouldn't you're, have cleared you're six, you seven yeah actually you know what by the time when somebody's like five eight i don't i don't know how tall you are it's, it's just taller it's too, yeah, it's too so much. she wouldn't have cleared you but should have cleared us but how about six feet two and a half inches for a high jump that is incredible oh my goodness crazy that is crazy bronson kafusi is our first guest tonight he played defensive end and linebacker at byu he also played center on the basketball team during his sophomore year uh, after BYU, had stints with the Ravens, the Jets, and the Packers. And if you notice this past offseason, he did a little moonlighting on our BYU TV game day program, and we expect that to continue into the future as we welcome Bronson Kafusi. What's more fun, playing the game or being a television football analyst? Oh, that's a tough that's one. Tough. That's, that's tough, huh? Now, before you answer, in, in the game, you get hit hard. Yeah. As a football analyst, you get hit afterwards on social media. Going, Man, can you believe Belo said that? What a so you get you, you you get it either way. Yeah, no, it's true. I'm trying to think like, but they're very different animals. Yeah, they're very different animals. I think now that I'm done playing, I'm like, this is way better oh, yeah, <laughs> in exactly. the box uh, doing that. Absolutely. When I when I was playing, I was like, oh, this is. Someone comes in, great. Marin Absolutely. comes over, powders your nose, you massages, you make get. sure you have something to eat, and then, uh, yeah, I think, pampered. I think that, that's why the, mm-hmm. the Tom Brady's of the world are going, we're going right into the booth. Absolutely. Troy yeah. Aikman's and all those guys, if they played and they had a good time, they want to continue it, but they don't want to get hit anymore because their knees are shot, Yeah, and they go into, they go into broadcasting. Before we have a, we got a great list of questions for you, but let's talk about uh, a few Cougars in the NFL from over the weekend. And Zach Wilson mm-hmm. was 27-36, 301 yards, two touchdowns. They beat Houston, which is a decent team, 30-6 to in the rain. Uh, after all that Zach's gone through, and all the, the, as bad as the Jets, as a former Jet, we have some Jet questions yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Zach when he did that yesterday? I loved it, honestly, because I felt like he was – that's – Everyone got to see Zach and his true talent and ability. I felt like, you know, him being able to be out there and just play loose, play free. Um, man, it was good to see. It's good to. It's also just good for him from a, like the business side of things too, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen, like what the front office is thinking, what they want to do, what you know. And so, either way, as long as you play at a high level on game day in the NFL, it's going to help you in all areas. When you think of the quarterback situation in the league. 
Uh, there are guys playing I've never even heard of before, and we follow football. Uh, and then the guys behind them are other guys we haven't heard before because the starter got hurt, the superstar got hurt. Yeah. Uh, if you're a GM, and, and the Deseret News reported over the weekend uh, through their sources close to the situation, whether it's with Zach's family or with the Jets, that, that the Jets are going to trade Zach after the season. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But if you're a GM, what, do you want him? And, and if you're a GM that could pick where he goes – what, what team would you send Zach to? That's a good question. I would definitely take him because if you think about it, from where he started his career to where he has now, like where he is now, there's a lot of growth that's taking place. And I feel like, you know, I would want to bring him onto the team. And let's just, you know, I, I want to see him in a different scenario. Like San Francisco, Seattle, yeah, Cowboys. Seattle would be great. I think he'd be great up there with Pete. Yeah, I think he'd be great, honestly. Um, so, but you never, but I mean, you really never know yeah. what, what people are thinking. But you just always just need one team. And, you, and with like a that team with an offensive line, is it, is that, if you're Zach and you're <laughs> yeah. going, where do I want to go? If if I get a say in it, it's like show me the depth of the offensive yeah. line because this is what I'm coming from. Yeah. And if you're going to a team that's got a, a really good quarterback and a really good offensive line, the chances of that quarterback making it through the season are less than the chances of that line holding up and protecting. And and you want to be behind that kind of line, don't you? Yeah. No, definitely. Be, you want to be behind that type of line. You want to be you want to be in a place that really takes your strengths and uses them. Uh, at a at a high level, yeah. sometimes you go to places where they don't really use your strengths, right? And mm-hmm. you don't really, and then they're like, "Oh, he doesn't fit," or this and that. And but if you can get into a place where the system's great, the coaches really believe in you, just because sometimes that's all it takes. Like you see players right. all the time like that in NFL, where it's like, "Where'd they come from?" Well, it's mm-hmm. because they went into a situation where the coach really believed in them, and you know was able to give them opportunities. Well, the Rams believe in Puka. That is exactly and, and yeah. when they when they draft him, it's like, well, Cooper Cup's there and he catches all the passes, but he also gets all the attention. Mm-hmm. And so here's Puka, eight catches for 84 yards, even had a rushing play for yeah. six yards. They lost to Baltimore in overtime. It wasn't Puka's fault. But uh, how about Puka and and what he's done? He's playing like a, a veteran. Yeah. And he's, he made some catches it's, yesterday where you're like, you know. It's not surprising at all. I think I said this story a couple of times. Um, you know, Ross um, used to train him in high school and I would always go out to the seven on seven camps and and uh, the all day, you know, flag football tournaments. And I think he was a junior in high school. And, you know, me and Ross, we we I was a I was a senior. He was a true freshman. So that DB receiver relationship, <laughs> he, he already laughed because he already he already knows it. Best friends. It's, it's yeah, we're best friends on and off, the, on and off. The field, right. But we're always in this weird competitive you know uh type of energy no matter what and um so i you know i I get there and i start talking trash and he starts talking trash and he goes he'll line up right now talking about puka and i was like let's go i was like let's go somebody give me cleats and mind you i'm scared out my mind i'm like i'm like like, you know seven years removed or or five years however long i was i was done playing and i was like i still got it but i I don't know i'm like i can't get humiliated that's gonna be ugly so i'm looking and by the time somebody you know takes off their cleats you know, it's kind of taking a long time. So Ross goes, nah, no, nah, it's okay. I'm just playing. And I go, oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you saved that Achilles, bro. <laughs> right. So, 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 my, so my point is, is that, you know, 
like I as a, as a as a former D one athlete, I was nervous to go up against you know one of the, the the number one receivers in high school you know in the state of Utah because I saw his work ethic. I saw he worked each and every day. Every time I went out, you know, to to work with Ross or or, or visit with Ross or watch these tournaments, um, he he just was so far ahead of everybody. On it, it looked like he was playing at a different level and and so and he's done that each and every stage and each and every team that that he's that he's gone on he's been on and so you know for guys like us that follow him it's like it's it's really it's not it's not surprising i'm happy that you know for him that all that hard work um you know is 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 starting to you know he's starting to, to reap the reward for that yeah and i'm, I'm happy for the selfishly for the brand of, of byu football right, right? um yeah. but but again i'm not i'm i'm not i'm not uh i'm not excited at all i i just hope that he continues to stay healthy and has a long career here's another brand guy kyle van noy yes uh three solos yesterday two tackles for loss uh he would be considered a veteran yes. in today's world one of your former colleagues and teammates and and um, but he's spectacular, and he also has found a way to just elevate his game. Yes, it's in, it's been, it's been really fun, you know, watching Kyle throughout the years. And you know, he's a guy where you know he gets drafted by Detroit, he goes there, the system isn't really matching, right? He gets picked up by Bill over there, the Patriots, and Bill knows exactly how to use him. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, all his strengths to Super Bowl literally dominates. And, and I played against him a couple of times, right? And watching him out there, like what he does great, oh, it was really cool to see the team use him that way. And then, you know, this year, right, years later, he's, you know, training and all of a sudden he gets a call yeah. and he goes right in. And then how do they use him? Exactly exactly what makes he was great. on this show and he said hey, well here's my plan i don't want to go to training camp <laughs> it worked <laughs> so well far. Far. <laughs> and yeah, then i think right, he started right. to squirm a little bit because it was a little later in the season yeah and then the ravens called him put him on the practice squad and i think they elevated him like two days yeah. later yeah and now he's out there uh doing what he does best yeah. and smiling and yesterday he was trying to tackle puka you know <laughs> yeah. cougar tackling a cougar um let's run over a couple of names uh, this week in the nfl uh, Thursday night, Michael Davis and the Chargers at the Raiders. Davis had an interception yesterday. He is the is he the forgotten yeah, Cougar? Absolutely. He's making he a is. fortune in the NFL. He's he been is. there forever, holding down the corner with the Chargers, and he just keeps playing. Oh, he's so good. I remember, I remember when he came to BYU. My dad was telling me about him, yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, man, this guy, man, he he's he was playing wide receiver, right?" But then. Uh, when I, you know, when I saw him and my dad was telling me about him, he's like, this guy's, this guy's got like NFL corner talent. Like yeah. he's tall, he's long, he can do everything. Like, and I remember when they moved him to defense and, and watched him out there, it's like, no, he really does. Like he can, he can do it all. Like so I'm really, I'm really, I'm so proud of Mikey D. Like he's, he's, he's doing so good. Saturday, there's a bunch of games, uh, three this uh, weekend. The Vikings with Jaron Hall and Kyrus Tonga at the Bengals. Vikings are trying to figure out what to do with the quarterback. Maybe Jaron gets in this week. Kind of feels like they're getting closer to going, you know what? It's not working out with these other two guys. Let's give him another shot. Has, what do you say? Let's has give him, has uh, he cleared? Has he been cleared? Yeah, he's been cleared. Uh, he, was, he was third string last week. Um, you know, and, and he just... He came in, he, he was doing the job, they got a concussion, then he went out. We've seen him deal with concussions and 
consecutive years here. But um, I don't know what they're being hesitant about. The backup isn't getting it done, and Dobbs' magic's lost, although they did beat the Raiders 3 to nothing. Oh, <laughs> that was a boring game, huh? That was the lowest-scoring <laughs> game indoors in NFL history. I, I, I saw that. Um, I saw, and I, Well, I, I looked at the scores, and when I saw the, the 3-0, I thought they were still playing. So I, 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 I refreshed. <laughs> I had to refresh Google. Was like, the refreshing button. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers are at the Colts. Blake Freeland's getting yeah. a good season in as a rookie. Yeah. On Sunday, Zach's at the Dolphins. Another shot at the Dolphins. And if he goes in there playing loose and free, uh, why not? Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah, he's, he's so talented. You know, when he goes in playing like that, I mean, he elevates. And you can kind of tell when you're watching him. Like his body language. They just let him. Yeah. He looks just more. Yeah. yeah, he looks really fluid. Like you can tell, he's just having a fun time. Like it's just like him playing in the backyard. It's so I'm, I'm excited for him. Honestly, these next few weeks, I think he's going to be able to like really, you know, build his stock up just from how he plays this the next. So, few weeks. so, so Bronson, you played for the Jets. We had Harvey Longy in here a couple weeks ago. He played for the Jets. What's wrong with the Jets? What's wrong with the Jets? Why can't <laughs> they? Are they that dysfunctional, or is it just? Just everything that's happened around Zach has been mismanaged in some way, whether by Zach or by the Jets or certainly by the media uh, that cover the Jets. But I, I don't even know who you blame, but it's just been it's been awful. What's 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 up with the Jets? Man, I would say, you know, when I when I'm watching it from home and, um, you know, seeing and, and from being there, uh, I, I feel like if you can get a, get the team where everyone is, you know, cutting out distraction. And, I mean, that goes from off-the-field stuff to, um, I don't know, it could be, you know, them just not taking the the game serious at a serious level. Like, everyone needs to be going at the same time. I feel like at the Jets, you you have, you know, little I mean everyone's kind of off a little bit as far as no one's firing at all levels you know and you don't get to see that very often from the Jets but if they were able to do that from I mean all areas of the defense game, offense defense offense special, special teams. teams I mean I mean I feel like you know they can be really good and I, I loved my time there like yeah. I really loved it and I I man I wanted to win so bad for you know that fan base and everyone there and um but I and having A-Rod go there I mean, he's the guy, yeah. you know, yeah. to do it. He really is. Like, yeah. he's so, like, from watching him in Green Bay. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. Right. speaking of Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Uh, Aaron is just, I've never seen anyone do the things that he does as far as, like, his skill level and on the field. Yeah. And, but then also, like, his leadership off the field, it's strong. Like, it's really powerful. And I think that's really, you know, what it's going to take to get the Jets where they need to be. And so, I mean, having, and then having Zach there, being able to learn from Aaron is like so It was supposed so to be valuable. great, right? It was supposed yeah. to be great. <laughs> yeah. But he's still learning from him. Yeah. And Aaron's right there. And the best thing the Jets have done as far as Zach's concerned is they haven't, they, they haven't um, stiffed him on any of his paychecks. So he's getting his $35 million, whether he's getting chewed up and spit out or whether he's thrown for 300 yards. And, and that's also part of professional life, right? Nothing's fair. Yeah, there's nothing fair about any of it. Yeah. So you get your money, and you survive. Yeah, and then maybe you get to another page, another contract. Yeah, is that pretty much the road of a professional athlete? Yeah, you just want to stay in it as long as you can, honestly, because there's so much you don't, you don't control, and 
um, yeah, every every day you tie your cleats up and go out there. It's a it's an opportunity because you never know. Like yeah. what honestly, you don't know what what can happen each day. So you just get used to you know going out there and just trying to do your best every day. And and it does help when you're when you're going out there with a a mentor or someone out there that has been there and done that and sure. who actually wants to help you and is open to helping you. Yeah. That's why I was you know so excited when Aaron Rodgers was going to New York. So I was like, man, this will be great. Like, and even right now it's great. Cause I know Aaron and how he, I watched him and how he helped Jordan love right. in green Bay. And look at Jordan love. Now. Right. He's got to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And he's and he's coming along and he's, and even to see Jordan go from like the beginning here to the end, he got so much better. Like, yeah. and you have Aaron Rodgers, you know, when we're doing two minute during practice, like you have, you know, Aaron, on the mic with Jordan Love out there. So mm -hmm. I know he's doing the same thing with Zach Wilson. Yeah. And so, oh yeah, it's super helpful. Former New York Jet, Baltimore Raven, Green Bay Packer, and BYU defensive end Bronson Kafusi on the Wise Guys. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and YSGuys.com. Zane Anderson, speaking of the Packers, is uh, hanging on, taking on the uh, Bucks on Sunday. Taysom, Jamal, and Danny Sorensen get the Giants, so that should be a fun day for everybody. Taysom's a little banged up. See if he gets back out there. Tyler Algiers had a different season than his 1,000-yard rookie year. Uh, he's still getting carries. He's still in the game, but he's saving or sharing carries with the, the kid out of Texas. Algiers taking on the Panthers. Sione Takitaki, another... Another one of your guys is uh, still kicking it with the Browns and playing good. Andy Reid and the Patriots, uh, or the Chiefs are at the Patriots. And I haven't even asked you about uh, the Commanders are at the Rams for Puka, and then Van Noy's got the Jaguars Sunday night, the Ravens at the Jaguars, which is a big game. But I haven't even asked you about Fred Warner. The 49ers are playing at the Cardinals, and is Fred Warner not the best linebacker in the NFL? Oh, he's the best. I, and how, I does that, how did that become that? Oh man, you know what? There's a really cool like documentary. Or, no, it's not documentaries, or, or it's an interview with Fred's linebacker coach. Yeah. When he did, have you seen yeah, that yeah, one? Seen it, Where he talks about like, oh yeah, you know, I saw I saw a guy that really wanted to you know be great, and he had the mic, and he was talking about how he had to really like own that whole situation, and how he just pretty much just like spoke belief into him, and and that's all Fred needed, and then mm -hmm. literally he just took off like. Yeah. I've loved watching that. He's fun to watch play. Right when they break the huddle, you just watch him, and he seems to know where to go, and he knows what to do, and everyone's kind of going, we're, we're following you, Fred. He, he just seemed, I think the best word to describe Fred is, um, like, how he, his play is, is that he's in control. Like, he's, yeah. he's just, yeah. oh, it's it's hard. To, I think that's probably the best word to say it, right? Um, like you said, he... He knows football. He knows the defense. He knows the offense. I mean, how yeah. how many how many replays when after he's done making a play, um, where we're able to see you know the the, the wide view and pre snap read he starts inching over to you know the, the number three receiver and the snap of the ball he runs the route before the receiver does and gets the interception, right? Or knows what gap you know the 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 ball is going to be ran into it and you still you start seeing those things in in the replay you don't see them happening live because of the, the tv view but that's just a guy that understands football understands the x's and o's super competitive man i mean super competitive um and you could tell by the the passion um every time he makes a play obviously but every time one of his his players makes a play yeah every time somebody on special teams makes a play he's one of the first ones to, to go out and 
you know, um, and celebrate with them. And that, that says a lot, right? When, when you're invested in everybody on your roster, you know, having success and, then when then when they do have success, you go out and you celebrate with them. Um, that's a that's a sign of a leader as well. Can teammates tell when you're BYU and you're practicing and playing in games and and you certainly had a high level of success. But when you when you look over there and you see a Fred Warner or a Taysom Hill or a Jamal Williams, can you just tell that it's like yeah they have something they have something else they have something different something more and and you would fit into that category too as a player who who went on and, and got paid to play. But what is it? Does the rest of the team know? Hey, that's Fred, and you know what? In a few years, he's the best linebacker in the NFL. <laughs> you know what? I feel like it's a, it's it's like a, it's like doing a puzzle, right? Each yeah. piece you put in, you start to see the picture yeah. more and more. And I feel like, you know, when you all, all the great players, like you start to as they're playing, and and it's funny because like as a teammate and you, like you're you're sitting there. And you're watching them, and you can see it. Like, everyone in that whole building mm-hmm. can see it, and they know. And and maybe not everyone's going to go up to them and be like, oh, wow, yeah, this and this. Like, you're going there. Like, but everyone knows but they it. notice. Everyone knows it. It's like, <laughs> and you just see them get better and better and better. I, and, 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 I mean, you can look at, like, Fred's career. I mean, Taysom. Van really, Noy. Even. Yeah, Kyle, When Van Noy was yeah. out there, you just knew. Yeah. Just knew. You didn't know where yeah. he was going to go, but you just knew he was going to go somewhere. Yeah. 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 And it's it's really cool. It's really cool to see. So how big is it for recruiting, uh, both tradition and in the portal? We're talking about kids everywhere. Mm-hmm. To be able to see so many BYU guys, not only in the NFL, getting paid in the NFL, and then being on the field on Sundays, it's just about every game's got a BYU guy in it. How big of a deal is that to the to the future player? It's everything, really. I I truly believe because um, as a high school kid, you know, you obviously, you know, when you're deciding on a school, it's like um, every high school kid going to the NFL in yeah. their mind, right? Right. Yeah. And it's it's and that's just how it is, and and so when they want to see like proof. Flat, you know, like it, it's happening, you know, yeah, like exactly because if it would be so hard to recruit guys if you had no one in the NFL, like it would be really tough, um, especially with NIL going on now. So, right. I mean, yeah, the money does talk and you have to pay players, but it's all the players are like, well, I want to go to the NFL, exactly. like that's that that's the I'm playing for that check, and so I well, I look, I'll, g- I'll give you a little perspective. So, when I was coming out of high school and going to junior college. Um, I lived in an area where there was five junior colleges um, that were between five to ten minutes away from me. Um, none of those JCs were sending kids D1. Um, the most they were sending kids were D2, so not even like AA schools. So I sacrificed um, an hour and a half both ways from where I lived wow. to, to my JC every day um, because the school I went to, Foothill Junior College, um, the time, you know, the year before I got there, they had sent 16 kids D1. And then the year before they had sent 11. And then I think the year prior to that was like 13 kids. My, my year when we left, we sent 11 kids D1. So it's the same. So, you know, that sacrifice wasn't really wasn't a sacrifice compared <laughs> to what I, you know, the other options I had, but it's the same thing when it comes to these kids and, and choosing a, a college, right? It's, it's, you know, my, yeah. my number one metric of choosing a, a junior college was, who like how many kids are going D one? Yeah. 
Yeah. Same thing with 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 college with high school kids is how many kids are going to the NFL. There's there's two portals. There's yeah. the portal that gets kids around college teams, but then there's the portal that takes kids to the NFL. That's the one that that's the portal that everyone. That's when that, that's a that's, that's a good the one art. you can compete on. No matter what the NIL is, if you're putting guys in the pros, you can get guys who want to be in that portal. Hey, that's a really good. Art. The regular guys just want to. Hey, I'll take my money now because I'm not yeah. going to get yeah. any. Over here. You know what else yeah. we've seen I think has been interesting is um, there was a time not long ago when uh, when there was a lot of pressure on on Latter-day Saint athletes that, hey, you got to you can't be old and go to the NFL. You know, you can't go on a mission and go to the NFL. Those two years are too valuable because it takes a year when you get back and, and you know all about that. Um, but but what we're seeing is um, that's not true. And now there's there's evidence of that, which well, well, why don't you call Taysom? Why don't you why don't you call uh, Jaron? Those are two quarterbacks in the NFL getting NFL money, uh, who who went on missions, and that that eliminates the opposing coach going, dude, don't go on a mission. You come here and I'll get you ready. And and yeah. if you go on a mission, you can't do it. But um, but now the the league's decorated with guys who have, and not just BYU guys. You know, you see yeah. a lineman going to Michigan, and Harbaugh's like, we'll see you after your mission. Yeah, and, and they're embracing talent as opposed to resisting this two-year break because in the end, that two-year break isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. No, yeah. It's been – and it's been t- – I mean so – And I'm I say thinking, break. I don't mean a vacation. I just mean break from football. <laughs> break from football. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when I was in high school, uh, you brought Harbaugh. So, he was recruiting me to Stanford really hard. He had just recruited Taysom. He almost got you, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, You're going to go to Stanford? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so the reason why is because they're, uh, like, they had a, a, their D-line coach was a member of the church, uh, Lance okay. Anderson. Okay. Right. And he was there, and he started coming into Utah and recruiting a yep. bunch of guys. Yep. Um, and Gary Crowen had just left and went to LSU. And then all of a sudden you had this big pipeline being built in high in Utah high school football mm-hmm. because all of a sudden we started sending guys to the Under Armour All American game right. like a lot of guys and so it was like wow okay what's going on but uh, you know, Harbaugh got really familiar with you know dudes that were going on missions and members of the church and and while he was at Stanford I think because he was coming into this pipeline yeah. recruiting pipeline he got so Taysom to hard. Stanford yeah, yeah Taysom was going to Stanford. Yeah. And then, yeah, because he was in Australia on his mission, and I was in New Zealand, and then I right. heard that he was going to BYU. And I was like, okay, sweet, that's cool, because I, I knew of Taysom. Right. And, but Harvard, yeah, I mean, I mean, him, him alone, like, knowing about, you know, kids are members of, church, of, of the church, like, going and doing that, like, no, it's fine, it works. Like, they're going to come back, get in to shape, and they'll, they'll be able to make a difference on the field. Yeah, that's, so. that's been an interesting transition, you know. Uh, I mean, growing up as a kid, it was if you were a really good athlete, you played. Yeah. And, um, and now it's, uh, hey, you can have both. Yeah. No, it's real. Well, I think, that, that's I think, a good I think, message. I think the church is, well, probably because, you know, social media too now, right? And the church, and I, I'm speaking from, you know, an outside you know, perspective because I'm not LDS, but right, but you're on the inside. Yeah, yeah, I am on the inside actually. Uh, that's <laughs> that's a good. One. Um, I I feel like with with social media and just the education of of missions and you know the importance of missions, but then also it's the same thing that we that we said earlier, right? Uh, these younger kids, 
when they're faced of, of going on a mission, they, they look at, okay, Taysom did it. You know, they, they're looking at the guys that did it and they're like, oh, well, they had success. So I could have, I could have, I could have success. Yeah, you got to have well. proof, right? Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. 100%. you know, that's uh, faith is, faith is stuff you don't see. Mm-hmm. But sometimes as a kid, you, you like to see, well, I don't know if it's going to work out for me, but I see that it worked out for him yeah. or him yeah, or her. Exactly. And, uh, and it's important and, and, uh, and going to go do it. So I, I, I just love those. I was talking to Taysom about it on the golf course a couple of years ago. And, and, um, and I said, you know, it, 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 uh, it's, it's more than just what you're doing for the saints. Uh, it's what every athlete wants to grow up and be a, uh, uh, an athlete like you. Mm-hmm. And you took two years out and gave it to the Lord on your mission exactly. and it didn't hurt you. Bingo. You know, some people never come back, come back and don't want to do it. That's fine or whatever, but it didn't, it wasn't, Hey, you know what? I had to choose between my career and a decision when I'm 18 years old. It's like, you yeah. know, it's not that you can yeah. do both. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can. You know what was really cool? I remember because I came home six days before fall camp. Yeah. My mission and jump drive. Tell in. me you didn't play that year. Oh, I played. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I played football and basketball that <laughs> those, year. Oh, yeah. Those not. rules are, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Six different days now. in, you're back in. But, yeah. you were, but you were a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, and yeah. I, I felt like my, because my dad was my coach, yeah. right? And um, he knew, like, he was really good at being patient and helping me be patient. Because as an athlete, when you come home, you want everything now. Right. And you're like, I'm in it. Like, I want to go now. And then you see a lot of, you know, return missionaries who are out there. You know, they kind of have some muscle tissue issues. They pull a hamstring, pull a calf, whatever. Yeah. And I really, I don't know, I felt fortunate just because, you know, when, when I had initially got home for that, for like a time there, I felt like, oh, they did a really good job of making sure like I was, you know, not overexerting myself on those sprints, those, those pursuit drills yeah. that Velo knows about. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my dad was like, Hey, you know what? You can't do these yet. You will do them. But for now you're gonna go run around the field. And so I would just go do that. Yeah, I was, smart. I just got back so late and I, my body, even like during it wasn't ready. Like, and so I could go in sparingly, yeah. but he was, I wasn't going to be like a four down guy out the gate. Like, yeah. so it's hard to like convince kids. Yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, the daily boys, they just wanted it right then, right now and, and didn't get it. And both are in the portal. It's, it's, you see it all over the place. No one likes to wait, yeah. even though waiting is what's best for your body. Yeah. Uh, never mind the coach's opinion of you. Uh, if you have a blown hamstring, you're not doing anything for anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how many times have we seen people come, get back, get going early, and get laid up with some kind of issue? We see it basketball. It's on all college sports. Yeah. So, like, Kalani likes to do the gray shirt and go, hey, you come back. We'll give you a year to get your body back. Mm-hmm. And then we'll put you through unless, you know, unless you're – unless you can come back in six days and, yeah. and get into play, but not, every, not everyone can, unless you're you. Bronson Kafusi on the Wise Guys tonight. He played for the Cougars between 2012 and 2015, as we say hello to Glenn in the Philippines on our live stream tonight. Uh, 175 tackles, 43 and a half for loss, 25 and a half sacks. Is it 25 and a half or 26 and a half? Twenty-six and a half. Twenty-six and a half. And uh, is, it, is, <laughs> it, is it one shy? Is it one shy of the school record? Is Jorgensen? Is Jorgensen have it? Yeah, I think he does. I think he's like yeah, 27, it, yeah. 28, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I know, but you're second, I know. 
Yeah. Yeah. By half. You almost had it. You almost Close, had it. Close, right? <laughs> you, know, you, you know what you should do? So I, I, I learned about this a couple years after I was done playing, and uh, Vic Soto actually told me this, uh-huh. that you can go back and watch your games and – you know, you know, get credit for stats that they missed. What you can go recount the ballots? Yeah, you can go back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, well, you sure can. I'll be going there. Make, go. Make <laughs> sure think, you have another set of eyes. I'm so just, go, I'm Bronson, just you didn't. You weren't even on the field on that play when we sacked that quarterback. How was it that you sacked the quarterback? <laughs> so you will need someone to go. Uh, number ninety's not in yet. You're you're over here. That's or, what we were saying. That's what we were saying. You come up with ten more picks. No, 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 no. That's what, this is what we were saying to Vic. So it's me and ask, ask Brandon Bradley next time you guys see him. Yeah, I, I remember we were looking at the stats and after the season was over, and and we were like, Vic, how in the world did you get this sack and this and how? And he was like. Oh, you just got to go talk to the stats man. And I was like, "What? Yeah, what you mean talk to the stats man?" Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, you just, you just talk to him, you submit it, and then they'll change it." And I was like, well, "You could just lie." And he was like, "I don't know. I just submitted it and I got my stats." Look at Al Gore thought that was going to work for him back in the day, recounting the ballots in Florida, and it didn't work out that way. Yeah, Trump too. Sometimes you might come up with a few less. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what uh, what? What should this defense be doing here in the offseason as we shift into getting ready for year two of the Big 12? Man, I'm just excited because I want to see TFLs and sacks. That's for me personally, like in order for the defense to play at a high level, I mean, you got to have multiple guys who can rush the passer and win Mm one-on-ones. At least you got to have one guy on the edge and one guy on the inside who can both win a one-on-one. Yeah. And that makes you so much better up front. But then it helps your DBs on the back end. Yeah. And so, you know, I, th- I think there's going to be a big jump by a lot of our guys because it's a new defense, right? And it's like, okay, now I know where I can take risks, what I can do, this and that. And so I feel like our guys that are going to be back next year are going to make that jump for sure. I, I, I know it. And then you have – then we're going to bring in some guys, you yeah. know, that can make immediate impact. And so – um, just cause I definitely just want to help the, you know, for me, like, like the DVs, I'm, I want to be their best friend. Yeah. Yeah, you know what true. I mean? That's like, true. I really do want to, cause they know if I'm getting home, yeah. like they know I'm, if I get home one time, I'm probably been there three or four other times close. Yeah. And out of those three or four other times, I probably, you know, help change the trajectory of that ball. Right. Which then allows them to get their interceptions and yeah, all, you get pressure so. on the quarterback. They get all kinds of things back there, you know, in the <laughs> yeah. secondary, right? Yeah. But if yeah. but if you don't, and we saw that this year, without pressure on the quarterback, quarterbacks today are good enough to put it right on the money, and yeah. you can't stop them. Yeah, you have to have. I'm the one, like at, like up front. Like I always felt like I had like a responsibility for like to, for the DBs in the back because I remember Rob, you know Rob RD, um, like. He was like my biggest fan. Like I, I would make a sack yeah. or a play, and yeah. He, yeah. the first guy that's on my like jumping and like yeah. is Rob or you know another DB because they know like, hey, you yeah. know, you're you're affecting the quarterback. It's gonna make their job easier because every time I hit the quarterback, I affect him down the line. Well, look so. what the Cowboys did to Hurts last night. Yeah, and the secondary had a heyday. Yeah, against yeah. a guy when given time will pick you apart. Yeah. yeah, but all of a sudden he looked like he was running for his life the whole night and. And the, and the Dallas defense, the whole unit, looked spectacular. Whereas when they played in Philadelphia, it was different. 
Her yeah, had time and he ate them up. It, yeah. it, also, it also sets the tone too at the game. So if if the D line can get you know into the backfield and hit the quarterback um, as quickly as possible, meaning like at the beginning of the game, yeah. um, and as yeah. hard as possible, it sets the tone. And it not only sets the tone for the the opponent, but it sets the tone for the rest of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. So so there be times where like Jordan, I, I remember this Utah two thousand nine when Jordan Pendleton um, went on a blitz and he hit the quarterback and kind of flipped. It's like this. It's like a famous like. I know clip. exactly what player talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know exactly. And, and, and that happened, and I, and I stopped. I stopped middle of covering the receiver, and I was like. Oh, oh, it's oh, it's that type of game. Oh, oh we're okay. here, we're here. Right oh, now. okay. And, 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 and mind you, this is Utah. I'm already juiced up. Yeah. I, I don't need no extra motivation. And in game, I took my my intensity and my physicality to the next level because I saw that hit. And I and 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 so when D linemen can do that uh, in linebackers, you know, if they're blitzing, um, you, there's kind of this chill and this 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 bit of eeriness that you send to the to the offense. And um, and yeah, that that that. There's a, there's a pair, right? So you have running backs and you have um, O linemen, right? Mm-hmm. It's like D linemen and and corners are are a pair. So it's it's vice versa. And, and there are so many times, you know, my my junior year with with Jordan Pendleton, where I would go up. To, I'm like after the play, I'm like, dude, thank you for getting home because this dude was wide open. <laughs> Man, I can't, you saved I can't me. deal with this. Dude. <laughs> you saved me. You saved that, <laughs> Tyler Batty's going to join us in a few minutes, and he's just walked into the room. Um, I think Tyler wants to be like you. He wants to be a successful defensive end at BYU so they can go get a job in the NFL. How vital was it for him, and we'll ask him the same question, to come back for one more year before he gives it a shot? Oh, I, th- I think it is, you know, going to play huge dividends, you know, for Batty just because, um, you know, you take everything you learn and pour it into that last year. I mean, every it, it's almost like, I don't know, I don't know how you felt, Below, but for me, I kind of felt like, man, I, I want this year to keep going. Like yeah. I want, because yeah. I was playing my highest, everything comes to that point. Yeah. And, and I just, I yeah. just love everything, everything clicks, everything clicks and you know where to risk it, where, where to take risks. Yeah. Like I know, like on a, like for a DN, like I know the defense so well where I know like when I can take risks as when I say take risks as a DN, it's. I have a double. I have a double go here where I can. Yeah. I can make a move inside. I'm supposed to contain. That's my job. Right. But I know when I can mm-hmm. make that double move and go inside and make the play versus doing my job. But my job, and when I get a sack, it overseas. Even though I wasn't on the oh, outside, yeah. I made a sack or I made a play. So it's like stuff like that. As a when you when every year you get better and better at it, and, and that's and that's the, that's it, the next so level. Nice. That's the next level right there because you we talk about this on 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 pregame right. Um, you the first le- level is you know alignment and then assignment. That's that's like basic. Do yeah. your job, be outside contained. But going and making a play is you know understanding where I can make a risk or, or because I have the knowledge of the defense. You know I'm able to put myself in a position where I can go above and beyond just aligning and assigning and, and my assignment. But I can go in and make a play where I can sack the quarterback or I can get an interception. And and same thing happened with me my junior year pre snap didn't move at all. <laughs> Didn't move at all. I was, I was, you know, lined up where the receiver was <laughs> inside. Yep, just, yep, just, just waiting. Um, my senior year, every every snap, I was moving. Yeah, you know, so I, I, comfortable. I, I would, yeah. I would start for you know for a cover two, being cloud uh, a cloud corner. I started at ten yards, winning back pedal. 
Then another play, I would be in jumping it. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> I know cover two. You're playing with them, man. Huh? And and then other plays where I'm, 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 I have deep third and I'm on the line of scrimmage, but I'm not I'm not jamming. I'm 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 bailing out because I got to get my butt back, right? No, yeah. And, and so and so now what that does from the quarterback's perspective when he's looking at me, he goes, "Oh, I'm not. I can't. Th- I can't throw this. Do. I can't yeah. throw this route because." Of where his coverage is, mind you, I'm way my, like he doesn't know that my coverage is way down the field. So once you start learning the defense and you get comfortable, and, and if you have the skill set and the athletic ability, you, you you start to to manipulate the defense and those calls to to fit in your favor. Kyle Van Noy is the the, the, yeah, the best person because yeah. we would look and be like, Kyle, what in the world? Are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm making plays. Hey, Linda agrees with both of you. She says the second season of working with Jay Hill will make a difference since everything. Won't be so new. That is for sure. A couple more questions yeah. with Bronson Kafusi on the Wise Guys. His dad, Steve, was the defensive line coach at BYU. Mom, Michelle's the mayor of Provo. Brother Corbin played basketball at BYU. Another brother, Devin, played here and at Utah. Your wife, Hillary, played soccer at BYU. And there's, I know, there's an army of Kafusis <laughs> that just keep going from there. Uh, but a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous family. Um, I want to ask you, we want to... I'm going to ask you a basketball question and then a Bronco question, and okay. then we'll get five questions real quick okay. and get you out of here. Thanks okay. so much for being here tonight. Yeah. Um, so you, the basketball team, when you got home from your mission, needed some size. Yeah. And so they recruit you from the football team. <laughs> yeah. You play uh, in 20 games, scored 20 points, 26 rebounds, had 23 fouls, so that's just kind of a high, <laughs> high number there. Oh, I remember that now. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but I remember, too, and it was fascinating just when you – a defensive end just took the floor to play basketball, and you had basketball skills. You played in high school, but what was that? What was that like? I know what it's like. We've had people describe the sixty-five thousand at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Well, when you go on, and there's eighteen thousand at the Marriott Center. It's a little more like on you. What, what's that feeling like as a competitor? Were you nervous? It's, Were you scared? You know what? It is completely different than football. Yeah, because football, you have your helmet on. Mm-hmm. They can't see your face. You know, but on basketball, they're literally feet from me. They see my face. They can hear me <laughs> talking. That's right. Right? And, um, and if you blow a layup, everyone oh, saw it. Everyone saw it. Yeah, it's, it is way different. It's a, it's a different animal. But uh, Was it fun? Oh, it was so fun. Because I loved, you know, it, you know, it was cool as, um, like, yeah, I went and joined the team. They're pretty much like, okay, you're going to, yeah, come practice with us. And then you can start tra- like traveling with us and and you know for me like because i'm a competitor right like in yeah. practice everything i do i'm going to compete and so um i think that's why coach rose and i you know kind of you know we just kind of looked at each other and we knew like you know oh yeah bronson's gonna go in there and play hard defense and he's gonna go as hard as he can yeah. like because that, that's all i knew like my whole life, that's that's been my thing, right? My dad's a coach, and, like, you, and you were a brick wall. Yeah, I, I, I knew my job. No one I was, was an enforcer. You out. Yeah, I was an enforcer. <laughs> I was sending messages just like in football. Like, you know, I wanted to be physical. Like, I, yeah. I, as a football player, you're like, man, basketball. Like the way the game was headed, right. like it was getting so soft. Whereas, like, you're watching it, and I'm. I grew up, and we all grew up like watching. You know, you have the Michael Jordan era, right. and yeah. you saw how physical those guys were. And I was, I was about that. I loved that. Like, I was like, I'm gonna play like that. So, um, it was different, but I loved it. Yeah. I love, I loved going. God, that's, I was used to it my whole life, going from football to basketball every every year of my life. So, right. it well, awesome. it was fun to fun. And what a what a story to tell your kids 
down the road. All right, Bronco Mendenhall's back in the game. Last question for you. Uh, at New Mexico, the new head coach, uh, did that surprise the two of you, former Bronco-ites? Still Bronco-ites, but who played, uh, played here. I, were you surprised to see him not return to coaching, but return to Albuquerque? You know what? I didn't know if he was going to go to Albuquerque, to be honest. <laughs> to be completely honest, I didn't know. I knew he was going to come back, though. I knew right. that for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, we all knew that. Yeah, yeah. Right? You yeah, felt like you knew that? Yeah, like, knew that. yeah. I just, I just, um, I didn't know he was going to go there. But it's, um, it's full circle for him, right? Yeah. Um, he was there before he came here. With Erlacher And, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, I am, I am, when I saw that, I was pretty excited. Like, my initial response right. was like, oh, yeah, let's go. Like, he's back in the mix. Like, um, just cause I know the style of coach he is yeah. and, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching his teams and like watching the defense and, you know, I, when he left BYU and he went to Virginia, I still watched the sure. Virginia, yep. you know, same, you, same. to like well, watch the defense. Well, half, like, the staff, half the staff went with him, right? Yeah, that too. We know all yeah. those guys. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I loved it. If, you know. Uh, I got to look at the the schedules, but the first thing I said to myself was, if, if we have a bye week, BYU has a bye week, and they have a, a home game, I'm gonna try to go to it. Yeah, yeah. That's you think how. he'll get you down on the sideline? Uh, probably not, but Pat <laughs> Pat, Pat will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, at, at first I was I was a little um, I was a little upset when I saw that because I because I, from the from the New Mexico pick, not the fact that he, you know, is is coaching again. Um, I was like, why in the world would you do that, Bronco? You know, in, in the world of NIL and yeah. resources, why right. in the world? And then I stopped and I thought about it, that that Bronco is a, is a builder. Um, you look at what he did when he took over BYU, what he did at Virginia when he took that program over. And and that's what, you know, gets him going, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's his deal. Um, but then I also thought about the reasons why, you know, he left here and, and not sure why he left you know, uh, Virginia, yeah. uh, based off of what he actually said. Um, but he, he needs to be at a place where he, he, there's no red tape. He can't Bronco. You're not going to get the best, you know, version of, of Bronco Mendenhall's football program. If, if they're, if he's handcuffed at yeah. all. And so then I said, so well, go to a program that's going, dude, we have no handcuffs. We have to do like, <laughs> do whatever like it look, takes. He, he's going to like, he needs all the authority. And I mean this in the most, you know, uh, respectful way, but it, the, in order, like Bronco is, is really different. And, and yeah, it's harder. It's hard to recruit at BYU, but it's going to be even harder to recruit in New Mexico. Right. <laughs> and so, and so th there's going to be a lot of out of the box um, you know, strategies that he's going to have to implement. And when you ever, whenever you go outside the box, you, you make, you know, administration a little bit uncomfortable. Sure. And so based off of New Mexico and their program, and I say this respectfully, I could see him, th them saying, oh yeah, you don't like, here's the key. You, look, he could be like an associate AD. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? <so. laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how much I'm assuming, um, authority he has, but, um, yeah, it, it, it made me feel good when I thought about that. Like, you know what? He's, he's going to be able to have a blank canvas and literally paint it however he wants. All right. Final 30 seconds with Bronson. Five questions. Your favorite sports movie. What is it? Remember the Titans. Titans. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Favorite singer band? Favorite singer band? Oh, my goodness. Rap, rap artist. Rapper. Oh, yeah. Country. I like it Common Kings. Be common, I like Common Kings. Common Kings? Uh, yeah, the reggae. Oh, okay. I never heard Reggae that. pop right. mix. Oh. Got to listen to it. Ooh, Common okay. Kings. Everyone like get okay. that? Common Kings. Yeah. Uh, favorite breakfast cereal? 
Oh, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Cinnamon toast crunch. I respect <laughs> that. We respect that. <laughs> Favorite BYU moment. Oh man, um, I think it's like, this is kind of a weird moment. Tyler, you're getting these questions too, so yeah. pay attention. Well, or uh, just overall. Overall, overall BYU, favorite BYU moment. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be sports. Just your overall BYU, favorite BYU moment. You know what? When I learned my dad played for BYU, and I was a Utah fan growing up. <laughs> what? Okay, that, 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 now that requires a bit of an explanation. <laughs> my dad coached at Utah, right? Yeah. For like almost, almost 10 years. And then he comes downstairs and, and you know, gathers family together. He's like, I'm going to BYU. And my brothers and I were like the biggest Utah fans because we were little. Yeah. yeah. And like fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade, diehard red and black on our face and at, at the fit on and Coach Max kids area, yeah. right? Like, sure. And so when he said, we're like, wait, first of all, we're like, no. And then he's like, I played there. And I'm like, you played football? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't believe that was it. when you found out? That's when I found out. Yeah. I was like, and like for me, I was like, oh. I have to go throw away all my stuff now. Like, yeah. was, was that like like finding out Santa Claus wasn't real? What are you, no, what are you yeah, talking about? Like devastated? Yeah, I'm you devastated. devastated. Like that? I was devastated. <laughs> Listen, my mom always yeah. said that you stop believing he stops coming. That's a risk I've never been willing to take. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when you found out your dad played that was BYU the, football. Was when he took a job here. Took a job. At and BYU. That's when he told you. That's hilarious. It seems like you should have you should have been playing your highlight video from as soon as you could walk. I didn't even know we played football. I thought I just coached football. <laughs> yeah, you walk into my house, you don't see any football stuff anywhere. You know my dad. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like that. Yeah, yeah. He's like <laughs> low-key. Good man. Yeah. All right, man. final one. Your favorite advice uh, from your wife, Hillary. Oof. I wasn't, like, my, my immediate reaction was like, listen to me more. <laughs> that was my immediate reaction. But my favorite advice... Um, is and and we have always talked about this, but it's you know it it's not about you. Mm, like yeah. she's we've always talked about like football. It's not about you, it's right? Um, what did you did you counter that with soccer? It's it's not all about you. <laughs> it was mutual. <laughs> yeah, we saw that. She's the goalie too. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I always felt like actually a goalie. It is all about them yeah, if you're a goalie on the soccer team. Bit, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, everyone yelling and stuff. But yeah, I always felt like that was really good advice, just because um, it helps you. Like for me, it's like whatever platform you get in life, and especially as an athlete, you get this platform, and it's like, how do you use it? Mm. That's what matters. Because people are going to remember you by how you, how you made them feel, how you helped right. them. The platform is just to get them to look, right? And then yeah. like what you do with it, that's what matters. So it's about them. It's not about you. It's good. BYU TV football analyst, former NFL defensive end, BYU defensive end, BYU center, uh, <laughs> the great Bronson Kafusi. Will you give Tyler a high five on your way out? And we'll, we'll have a changing of the guard of defensive ends. Thank you so much cool. for joining Thanks, us. Guys. Appreciate it. Bronson Kafusi on the Wise Guys tonight, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and YSGuys.com. Next week, Jimmer Fredette and Ross Oppo will be on the show. Ross is right in the middle of that portal stuff with receivers and what yeah. he does for a living. And Jimmer's getting ready for the Olympics. And, um, and we look forward to having Jimmer with us next Monday night. By the way, Christmas Day is the best of the wise guys. And New Year's Day, we'll take a look at 2023, the year in review on the wise guys. So that's Christmas week and New Year's 
week as we get ready to ring in 2024. By the way, the bowl season actually begins on Saturday, December 16th. UCLA takes on Boise State in the Los Angeles Bowl. Cal takes on Texas Tech in the Independence Bowl. There are a few other ones, but uh, these were probably the most interesting for for Saturday. And then we'll see below which players are actually going to show up and play in these games. Yeah. This is now the – even today, Notre Dame's quarterback goes, yeah, I'm out. I'm out of the Sun Bowl. It's like, okay. And then then we're just going to see more and more of that. Um, And we'll start seeing it this weekend. You know know what we should do? we sh- based off of how many, uh, let's say, starters or maybe players are going to actually participate. Yeah. That should that should determine if teams make a bowl game. Yeah, maybe if maybe like we do factor that in eventually. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not all just about who can sell tickets. Right. It's about which players are going to play uh, in the game. So Tyler and Bronson are having their own conversation, and so we're going to wait for that one to end before we can get Batty yeah, over here to always, have our conversation. Always let the alumni take over. <laughs> Bronson, thank you. Let's bring I'm in our next guest. He made a big announcement this past week when he decided to return to BYU for his final year of eligibility. Our pleasure to welcome to the Wise Guys six foot five, two hundred seventy three pound defensive end, the pride of Payson High School, Tyler Batty. Pop those headphones on and we're on live. Nice job. How you doing? Good. How about you guys? All right. Good. Tell us, what did Bronson just tell you? Uh, secrets, sorry. <laughs> Deep state secrets. Deep state secrets. <laughs> of BYU. We were talking to him over here about you and then and then you're you're over there and I'm sure that that's where the wisdom's passed, right? When we're away from the cameras and it's just defensive end to defensive end. That, that's exactly what was going on. That's exactly <laughs> what, was, what was going on. We were just, we were just talking about, uh, you know, defensive end stuff so so what went into the decision to come back and play for another year year two in the big 12 um shoot man there's a lot honestly that went into it that's a loaded question yeah that's the first one you're gonna open with yeah, right we're there, firing huh? right out of okay. the gate that's how we do it <laughs> what, was, what was step one what's step one we'll dissect all the division levels to, but no really that's the story of the week with you is you're coming back and 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 uh, great response from cougar nation as you would expect but there's a deeper reason why because you know you got you have a family and you don't want a job and and the nfl's an opportunity there and and you got to get ready yeah you know honestly at the end of the day um this first season in the big 12 was a lot of fun yeah. um you know we had a lot of a lot of games that we wish you know would have ended differently that we you know that we feel like we you know we left on the table honestly and so that was definitely a part of it is just not wanting that to be you know kind of my story at BYU like oh yeah you know I was here you know went you know two 10 win seasons and then an eight win season and then a five win season right um didn't want to go out like that I like that That, that's that's good man so that's good that's good you know that you know that's part of it um you know, the, another thing is, you know, with the NFL in mind, uh, being able to boost my draft stock, you know what I mean? Yeah. So being able to come back, um, having that, at least that opportunity, you know, you never, you never know what may happen, but at right. least having the opportunity to come back, put some more good stuff on tape, um, and try to, try to boost, you know, where scouts and NFL teams see me. Some of your best football, uh, were the last two games of this season, and the defense as a whole played some of their best defensive football against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I know we had a few plays on AFR. You you went through two linemen, sacked the quarterback, and that's that's Tyler Batty. Five more of those, and an NFL stats going. Yeah, let's get him. Right, let's get him on the phone. 
And, uh, and, and so then what is on your to-do list between now in December and the start of your last season of college football? What, what, what is it in this off season that you've got to do? You know, first is just get healthy, just get rested up from the season. Uh, You know, it's a long, long season. You know, we've played a lot of tough teams. Um, So that's number one right now. You know, take December, especially where we're not, you know, unfortunately we're not, you know, prepping for a bowl. But, you know, get healthy and then, you know, come January 1. You know, I think as a player you're always – and as a competitor, you're always trying to level up, right? So it's that's really what it comes down to is, you know, there's there's always another – there's always another version of you, a better version of you. Um, and so for me personally, right, that's playing the run, that's rushing the passer, that's, you know, uh, being a captain, right, and, and leading our team and making sure that, you know, we as, a, we as a defensive unit, we as a D-line are ready to roll into another season of football come fall. So, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that like, like all the other guys, you, you know, put your, your name into the, into the draft um, I guess the, the scout, right. To, to get the feedback, Yeah, you get the feedback and then that, you know, uh, you know, makes you, makes, makes, helps you with your decision. Right. So yeah. what, what was some of the feedback that you got from the, the scouts that you're going to, you know, implement? Is it, Hey, you got to get faster here, quicker here, gain more weight. What, what, was, what was some of that? Um, yeah, that, you know, that's, that's really what it comes down to. You know, they said, uh, they'd like to see a little bit more Twitch, you know, um, which is something for sure that I, you know, Twitch, I what is that? Just like, like quick, yeah, quick twitch, quick twitch, really, just like explosiveness, um, and uh, and so that's you know that's that's something you again that's one of those things you can always have more of, right? Yeah, you yeah. can always have more of, and so um, a lot, you know, of, lot of clings for you this off season. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> get, get the hips popping, you yeah. know. Get no, get the legs, get the legs strong, get the legs right. Um, you know, they at the end of the day they want to see more production in the run game, right. in the pass, um, and so again, that's that's stuff I'm going to be focused on, really, just. Um, like I said before, just kind of leveling up in, in that, right? Trying to find that next level of, okay, now I, you know, I'm really comfortable in the defense. I'm really comfortable in my position, right? Um, but not getting too comfortable, right? Trying to, again, continue to be uncomfortable and, and try to grow and learn. And, you know, um, another another offseason full of film study, full of working out, full of, you know, just drilling those fundamentals over and over again is going to help all of those things, you know, the twitch, the production that's going to help all that show up come game time. One thing fans don't get as they sit in the stands or watch on TV is um, any of the impact that your body's taking in a football game. Uh, so explain it at the end of, of 12 games in that first year of the Big 12, 10 straight P5 opponents. What's your body feel like? Uh, it hurts. <laughs> like like, like the, the pinky hurts all the way down to the, the knee, the ankle. Is there any part of a, a football player that doesn't hurt after a season like that? Um, uh, I was going to say maybe third string guys. Yeah. Third string guys got through. Okay. Well, you, neither of you guys were third string guys. What, 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 what does the wear and tear describe it? Uh, like you said, it's just, it's top down. Um, it's top down. Everything hurts. Hands hurt. Hurts to grab stuff. Hurts to hold on to stuff. Hurts to most most more than likely your shoulders are also hurting. It hurts to move your shoulders. This 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 shoulder right here is is still lower. Still lower. It's, yeah. So so when I, when, I, when I get like tailored, um, yeah. the 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 seamstress they always make fun of me. They're like, well, you know, your left shoulder. I'm like, yeah, I play football. <laughs> so why do you do it? Why do you do it? Because it's fun. You know, at the end of the day, like it's fun, it's rewarding, you yeah. know, you love, you love it, right? Yeah. Like that's, you love it. 
You, yeah, you love it. Like, and yeah. you can't, and, and some, including yourself, are good enough to get a little legitimate shot at a job doing it. Right. And there's that pull with, with the economics of things, but still, it's a beating of the human body that, that again, most of us in the stands have no idea. We're just like, wow, oh, man, he just killed that guy. <laughs> and everyone cheers, and you're like, going, I just killed that guy and myself at the yeah, same and time. My shoulder, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that's funny. I think uh, two years ago when we were playing, it's probably been like the hardest impact that I've, that I've had during football. Um, when we were playing Arizona State, uh, I think uh, the quarterback, Jaden Daniels at the time, yeah. he scrambles. Um, so Max triggers on him. I'm chasing him down from behind, and and we hit him at the same time. Mm. And I, I I tasted a lot of things in that moment. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, I mean, it was, I think, just like, I think probably more than likely, like me and Max just yeah, went right. head to head full speed. Because he's full speed. Friendly, yeah, friendly he's, there's no slowing Max either. No. Yeah. The, the, worst hit, the worst hits that um, defensive players get is friendly fire. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not even taking on uh, like, like a running back. You like, see that coming, right? If you see yeah, that. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And um, based off of who your guys are, like playing behind you or on the side of you um, makes a huge difference of, of, of how bad that friendly fire is. So I had Andrew Rich. Yeah. <laughs> and when he missed, it was, you know, yeah, I'm like happy size. And, and so, you, you know, you're playing with somebody like Max, who is like Max is crazy. Mad Max, bro. Like, like he's like, he's the type of crazy. He's like reckless to me. You know, like just no, no regard. Like a for linebacker. It. Yeah. No, Rob that's, Morris, that's, just that's go down want. the list. Yeah, that's, what, that's, yeah. That's, and that's what you want. Um, however, like the, the, the give and take from that is that when you get friendly fire from somebody like, oh, like dude. Max, it ends up hurting. So like, you're, yeah. you get uh, your bell rung and you're thinking, uh, I, 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 how am I going to get to the sideline? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I definitely like took me a second to yeah. like. Like ow, like that. Ow, ow. You're the biggest guy out there. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. But hey, we've seen Max can bring. He can lay the wood, man. He can lay the wood. How uh, how devastating was it to lose John Nelson in the middle of that defensive line during the season? You get him back next year too, which the two of you guys are a great foundation piece for for Jay Hill to recruit to and portal find with and bring along with some of those other guys. But, but Nelson was a big piece cause he was your inside guy. Yeah, no, he was, he was huge. Uh, John created a lot of havoc. Yeah. Um, he, he just got after it, right in the run game in the pass. And so he was definitely, uh, he, he, he was definitely missed, you know? Um, I think, I think you could, you could tell, you know what I mean? They're just, yeah overall as a D line, right. You know, there's a lot of pieces that have to even just right as a D line, there's a lot of pieces that have to come together, um, for successful D line play. And so, uh, John, John was sorely missed. And he'll be sorely, uh, not sorely. He'll be very much welcome back. Yes. Uh, so that's bad news for the defense that, or the offense that BYU will play. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of, uh, Who's the opener? Southern Illinois. They're going to get mm -hmm. Batty and Nelson healthy mm -hmm. and Adam. That's that's good for BYU. Right. Um, so, what I really want to know is I, I played the Mountain West, right? And I played against Oklahoma and and Florida State. So I, I had some P five moments, but I didn't have it back to back to back to back. You had an opportunity to you know have a schedule where you're independent. Now, mind you, you guys played a lot of P five, so it wasn't just you know, strictly, um, you know, double A, you know, D2 schools. It wasn't like, yeah. Idaho State right. every week. Yeah. 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 Um, what was, what's the difference like as a, as a, 
as a player from like body mentality, like travel. I want to know everything. Yeah. No, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, it's football. You know what I mean? Like realistically, you know, I think it's interesting because COVID season, I felt like gave us a good perspective on that. You know what I mean? Just cause it's like, we, you know, we played, we played some good teams, you know, during COVID, you know, we played some other teams, you know, that weren't, you know, all yeah. that great. But, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, whether it's fans in the stand or not, you're going to go out there and you play, you're going to play football. Um, and so honestly, you know, this season, with that being said, there are some differences, right? There are some differences, right? Um, P5 schools, they're going to have more talented guys, right? They're going to have more talent on the field. They're going to have more size. Yeah. That was the biggest thing, you know, size. for me yeah. is size. size. You look at across the board, it doesn't matter the, the position, right? Most of the time I'm scouting offenses, yeah. but I mean, um, you guys saw Sweat, uh, what's his first name? Number 93 for Texas. He's their d oh, yeah, yeah. He got Big 12 Defensive uh, right. Player of the Year. Yeah. Anyways, Devondre, I think it's Devondre Sweat. Anyways, he's unreal. Like, watching film on him, I mean, that's that's about the only, like, <laughs> defensive dude that I really saw, you know, as, as, as I was watching yeah. film throughout the yeah. season. I was just like, that dude's unreal. I, I saw him just, like, shove over 360-pound offensive guards. And I'm crazy. just like... He's, he's like, a top 15 crazy. pick, right? Yeah. 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 He's, Something like that? He's, I mean, and he... He merits it, man. He's just he's unreal. But that's the thing is you look at all the big twelve or all the big twelve offensive lines. They're all trees. Yeah. They're they're massive. Yeah. You I mean, you look at Arkansas. Arkansas was, yeah, arguably probably the biggest offensive line we saw this year, you know. They're 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 in the mix, right? Yeah. Um, you know, along with Texas and along with Oklahoma and yeah. you know, all these all these schools and so um whether it's whether it's offensive line, whether it's tight ends, whether it's receivers, um, and then another position that sticks out to me is secondary. You look at the secondary <laughs> in the Big Twelve, and they're big dudes. Yeah. They're big, tall, fast. It's just like dang. So, suddenly our big <laughs> receiving core wasn't so big. Yeah, no, it's the truth. Look, the yeah. reason why I'm laughing is because uh, we played Oregon State in our bowl game this 2009. We were in Mountain West uh, in the Vegas Bowl, and I remember. We took the field first as, as an offense, and I was I tapped somebody, and I was like, "Yo, why are all Oregon State's DBs taller than our receivers?" I I hadn't seen it, and I was like, "It was it was crazy to me." And uh, I think one of the, the 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 trainers was like, "This is this is big time football right here. Like yeah. everybody's tall, everybody's big, and everybody can run." Did you notice a speed change too, or is or is the speed kind of similar? You know, I yeah, I, I would say that's probably. Um, you know, probably the least noticeable yeah, factor. Yeah, yeah, Honestly, I I felt like the speed of the game, the speed of the dudes we played, um, you know, wasn't wasn't right. anything. You know, wasn't anything insane. You know, uh, yeah. There's, I mean, we've played some speedsters, yeah. you know, in the past, and so yeah, I, di I didn't notice too much of a change there. You're playing a lot of stadiums that were loud, including your own. Here's the Cougar Board question of the week. And if you're not familiar with Cougar Board, it's the largest online community of BYU fans with thousands of posts daily. And this question comes from one of their insider subscribers. Uh, the user is Cougar Fan Blue, talking about playing in front of hostile environments on the road uh, and as compared to home. And, and he's referencing the Utah-BYU basketball game the other night. But... You, uh, his question for you specifically is, describe what it's like as a player playing in front of a friendly home crowd compared to a hostile road environment. What does the football team do to prepare mentally for the environment on the road? That's a good, that's a good question. That's a good question. 
Um, playing, there's nothing like playing in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah, there, there really, there really isn't. Like, like that moment you come out of the locker room and you run through and and you can feel it. It's unreal. It really is. Like, it's hard to describe. It's hard to yeah. describe it. No, and and what's crazy is, I mean, we've we've. You know, we haven't played, you know, the big house or anything like that. But, I mean, shoot, we played at Texas this year. They had you know 100,000. I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the, and the place was packed. Arkansas had a big crowd. Right. Arkansas was also packed. 80-some-odd thousand Kansas. There. Kansas is not big, but they were engaged because it was a big year for them. Big yeah. start. You know, and they were. And so, you know, I feel like we've, we've went to all these, you know, SEC Big 12 game day experiences. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything yeah. on BYU. Yeah. They don't have anything on BYU. So... I, I love playing at home. It's absolutely unreal. We have the best fans. Like, we get Lavelle rocking. Like, we get Lavelle rocking. Alcohol-free. Alcohol-free. And everybody's, right. well, probably mostly everybody's sober. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's even more impressive. You know, it's, yeah. it's the truth. Right. Right. Um, you so know, do, you, do you do things during the week to prepare for a hostile environment? Right. And that's, you know, that's where I was headed is, is we do. You yeah. you know going in. You know, it's like when we, when we prep to go to Autzen, last year to play Oregon. Right. Right. That place, that place gets rocking. You know, it's not the largest, but it gets loud. And the sound is right down. Yeah. 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 No. And it is, you know, um, playing, playing at Arkansas, you know, that was loud. Um, Playing at Texas, you know, again, that was, that was loud. And so, you know, again, that affects more so the offense, you know, if they want to be loud all game on defense, it's like, let's go, let's do it. You're just hurt. You're just hurting your offense. Mm So we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. So when I played, um, when we were getting ready for Oklahoma, uh, what we did, what Bronco did was he put like 20 speakers yeah, um, in the IPF and, and even outside and turned it on blast so we could barely hear each other. Yeah. It was, we, yeah. So did that help? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. He, like we were prepared all the way top to bottom and you know, back then when they, you know, ran the hurry up offense. So he even had two, we had to go against two scout teams. So after the first scout team went, the other scout team was already lined up to get us conditioned for, it. and then we had the music, <laughs> the music blasting. So when we when he, when we got out there, we were like, oh, this is like the last eight days of practice. It was, but then you get to a point too where um, you kind of just you like you go through so much experiences, right? Like it's it's the, the players you get used to it. You get used to the venues. You get used to the you know the crowds and and the environment, and that kind of helps out you know, a lot too. But I think it's when you go into the unknowns is where you got to prepare and do that extra stuff. But, you know, I, I don't think a coach can come in every year or every other year and say, hey, we're going to be at Texas this year. Let's put some more speakers. I mean, I don't know, maybe. But what's it like when you're out there on the field and the wheels are off a little bit, you're on your heels. West Virginia might be a good example where their crowd's into it. It's loud, chaotic. They're coming at you. They're going no huddle. Uh, they're finding success on the edge or the middle or whatever they were doing to stop and be able to regroup with your group of 10 other guys in that huddle for a few seconds. How difficult is it to just go, guys, let's bring it all in here with all of that going on. And it seemed like there's a lot of panic and anxiety. It's, it's super hard. You know, that's, I think that's one of like the biggest things in football is like your composure, yeah. your composure and at, at, at any given moment throughout the game. And so in situations like that, when you are on your heel, heels, you're playing reactive, you're not being very aggressive, you know, you're just trying to get a feel for, you know, what, what they're about to do and what's, you know, coming down the pipe. Um, it's super hard to collectively, especially, you know, with 11 guys on the field, say, you know, everybody take a deep breath. Um, 
so it's, it's really tricky. And, you know, that's why those hurry ups are, can be so effective. Right. Yeah. Um, is they just keep you where they want you. Right. Uh, and, and you know, it's in those moments, you just, you got to come up big, you know, they're, they want, they're wanting to push the ball. They're wanting to push the ball. You know, if they get a first down, it's like, you got to win on first down. You got to win on first down. If you don't win on first down, they're just going to keep marching, right? Because yeah. you went on first down, it sets them back. They're, now they're out of rhythm. You know, it messes, it messes with them. And so, you know, that's, that's the thing with hurry up is if you can, if you can shut it down, you're going to shut it down all game, right? Um, but in those cases where they, where they keep finding seams, whether it's the edge, whether it's up the middle, it's, it's really hard yeah. to, to kind of stop that somebody, charge. Somebody, he makes a great, a great point. Somebody, somebody's got to go make a play. At, at that moment because it's, it's it's really hard for a defensive coordinator to uh, anticipate what the offense is going to do because they're in hurry up. And so you know what that does for us as a defense? We got to play bland, vanilla defense. No blitzing, no nothing because the, the that preparation, you know, from the from play one to the next play to the next play, you know, the, the D coordinator can't look at personnel because it's the same personnel in there, can't look at, you know, where, where are they at on the field? Like, that that time that that D coordinator gets to to call that play is is gone, and so it puts us in a really bad situation where we're playing, you know, almost almost safe defense. We would always just do cover four, and um, yeah, until somebody made a play, right? Yeah. Now you can yeah. now, and that's and that's why having you know guys like like you and and guys like like Bronson and guys like Kyle Van Noy, somebody who is you know one of those leaders, somebody that's that's kind of the anchor of the defense. That's when you guys got to say, okay. All right, I got it. We're in hurry up mode. I got to go make a play. Yeah, right? absolutely. Transfer portal is wide open. Uh, it's going to be for a, a few more days, a couple of weeks, I think, and then it'll open up again for 15 days in April. What do you think Jay Hill needs to add to your defense for year two in the Big 12? You know, I don't, I don't think a whole lot, honestly. You know, I think – Just uh, more of – Right, or what? you know, just consistency, right? Um, continue to build consistency, you know, with our, uh, you know, as, as as we continue, right, to accumulate, you know, personnel and and uh, you know whether it's out of high school, whether it is through the portal, um, that that will that will happen, right? Um, but at at the end of the day, you know, I think the most important thing is the dudes that we have returning. Uh, making sure that everybody is now more than comfortable in that defense for a second season, right? Because then as we get the new guys in, it's no longer coaches yeah. teaching mm-hmm. the new guys, you know, this is the defense. It's you have dudes who are returning who know the defense inside and out. That's good point. Know the defense inside and out. And so if a new dude shows up, you know, whether it's out of high school, out of the transfer portal, it's, hey, I know, I know the defense almost as well as the coaches. You so can let, show them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me sit down. Let me explain it to you. And now you run that back to me and let's see how well you actually know the defense, you know, and that's, that's what I'm really excited for going into this year is, is we're going to have that, you know, yeah, with, with the sure. guys that are returning. Well said. A BYU defensive end Tyler Batty was named second team all Big 12 after 57 tackles, second most among defensive linemen in the league, five and a half sacks, forced a couple of fumbles. Plus, he had one big catch on a fake punt that went for 36 <laughs> yards and a first down at Oklahoma State. How much fun. I, I, I think, as we broke down the play, that you might have been smiling while you were running, but how much fun was that play for you? Oh, dude, it absolutely... <laughs> I would, you know, it uh, it was so much fun. You know, I, I like I said, I haven't caught a ball since high school mm-hmm. in a game. 
you know, in a game. So it's been. Were you worried that you might drop it when no. it's coming to you? You're uh -huh. wide open. Could you feel that you were wide open? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I, as soon as I saw it open up, I mean, it was just, and it was, it was wide open, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. All of our guys just run for the sideline. I see it open up and I'm like, the only dude I can see all the way down there is the Turner. This is yeah. going to be wide open. And so what I was, and, that's, and that return was, was like super five, nervous. nine. Yeah, I was super nervous. <laughs> and as soon as, you know, it's one of those moments, everything slows down. Everything slows down. So before the snap, you know it's a fake. Yeah. And you know where to go. Yep. You're not quite sure what Oklahoma State's going to do. And right. And they all bailed, which made it great. But so you're thinking before that snap, what? Don't drop it. Get down the field. What, what's going through your mind? We've done this a million times. We've done this a million yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. And it's, that was like as the ball was snapping. Because I was like, all right, this is the look. Deep breath. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Snap it. Ball goes, yeah, you get that look. And, like, as I'm about to take off from the shield, I'm just like, it's happening. Another day in practice. We've done this a million times. And sure enough. And Rico gets you the went. ball. Yeah. Then you turn around, and you got 30 yards ahead of you. Yeah, and just take off. I see the returner. I see him. I see him just standing there. I was like, all right, do I go left? Do I go right? He's not really moving. He's not really taking an angle. Um, that's what I was like. Up and over, we're going to go. And <laughs> up and sort of over, we got. We didn't quite get past that point. Now, but. in the Cowboys game last night, we saw their tight end leap yeah. uh, over the Eagles guy. But he actually did go for his ankles. Right. And your guy, I think he didn't quite know what to do, so he just he took did. it on. No, yeah, he, so, so this, this, is, this, is, this is a key that helped you out. Um, that, that returner is, is an offensive player, right? So yeah. he's not used to tackling. So that's why he was a deer in headlight. Like, oh, my gosh, what do and I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do, I do? Yeah. And then you just nailed if, if he was, if he was a If that was a DB... Um, your move would have been uh, oh, it would have been Sports Center. Like you would have easily, easily jumped over him because as a as a small you know player like myself, I'm going I'm going diving at your legs, your ankles, you know, just like what you anticipated. But yeah. because he's an offensive player, he he's not. It's it's, it's like a kicker trying yeah. to make a tackle. Well, maybe not so much. Maybe a kicker in the NFL. It's yeah. like that, right? They're not used to doing it, so. Next time that happens, look and see, does he play offense or is he so Did you think when he didn't move that you thought, I'm just going to bulldoze this guy? Well, I know you tried to leap, but but you leaped and, and bulldozed well, him. Well, he just, he just took the charge. Yeah. You know, he just took the charge, like, to be honest. You know, I know, I know for sure he plays basketball. Cause, cause there was just, no referee just, to bail him he out. He, no, he didn't even put his shoulder down. Yeah. He just stood there. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You, you know what? If you would have heard what Uncle, what Uncle B said. He took the charge. In the green room. When we, so we were watching that in the green room. Um, of BYU TV. I can't tell you because I got to keep it PG-13. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a family show. Oh, my goodness, man. I've st I still like think about it. Everyone was just stunned yeah. that we tried a couple of fake punts during the season that just had backfired. Yeah. And this one was so run to perfection. And the team was up 21-6, to six and things were flying high, and, and it was probably the best half of football the whole season. Yeah. And then this play comes. And everyone's just like going, this is our day. Yeah. Yeah. And a little cherry uh, on top. You yeah. had that 36 yarder. That's awesome. All right. Last couple of questions. Uh, the Royal Blue Collective has been helpful for you. Tell us about, oh, uh, yeah. tell us about the sponsors that are involved in your life and, and how that's all going. Yeah. So uh, with the Royal Blue has been awesome, right? So, um, you know, since kind of this new age of NIL has came mm -hmm. in, um, you know, uh, Coach Satake Kalani and, uh, you know, a large amount of donors, they wanted to take a more, you know, I would say holistic stab, 
right. you know, at NIL, not just, not just pay to play, not just you know hand out mean? money. Exactly. Yeah. Not just, not just, uh, you know, tossing guys cash and saying, you know, Hey, come here. You know, we've seen that fail at other schools, yeah, you know, like sure. Texas A&M, you know, yeah. ton of money involved. Um, and so the Royal blue has done an awesome job, um, coming in and saying, you know, we want, we want that, you know, financial boost to, to be a part of it. Right. And, and not only just for your top guys on the team, you know, we want, we want everybody to be involved, right. Everyone contributes to this program. And, you know, that's something that I've, that I've really loved in my time at BYU is it hasn't just been, you know, our locker room culture has been great. It's not just, you walk into our locker room, you don't know who's a walk-on, you don't know who's a starter. You know what I mean? And we've had plenty of walk-ons contribute on the field in massive ways, you know, earn a scholarship and whatnot. Um, And so, of course, you know, the walk-ons are... You know, they're, they're, we treat them like part of the team because they are. They're, you know, they're vital. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, again, um, that's definitely part of the collective's effort to um, not only support, again, the guys that are on scholarship, um, but but everyone. And so financially, right, a little bit of help there, but also, like you meant mentioned, the the mentorship. Yeah. Um, so, again, multiple uh, owners of companies have stepped in. And, and went above and beyond, not to only say, you know, here, you know, I'll, I'll, we're going we're gonna to donate some money to the Royal Blue, but also we want to give these guys um, experiences, advice, uh, future job opportunities when they're done with football. Um, we want we to prepare them for the, the best we can for life after football. Um, and so uh, we've been involved, right? Me personally, I've been involved with, with uh, multiple multiple companies um so and you uh, can say if you want yeah no so yeah. and i was i was about to so Absolutely. so i work with uh josh jurgensen from pax right so okay. he's he's been one of my mentors uh min kim with nutricost again i think he he mentors probably you know every guy on the team a little <laughs> bit you know min's, min's been awesome josh has been awesome as well yeah um you know, so those guys, those, those are my, you know, two primary mentors that i have and so i, I get to work with them i get to pick their brain um Again, we had a we had a lunch with Josh the other day, right? And he, uh, you know, sat us. There was about 20, 30 of us, you know, that he sat down and gave us a little presentation on packs, right? Yeah. Um, what do they do? How he came to be involved with packs? Um, what you know our involvement in packs could look like in the future if we're interested? You know, for guys that are graduating, you know, that's that's big that aren't looking to move on with football, you know, as a career. Right. And PAX um, is what you see on the field. It's yeah, actually spelled yeah. down there on the field. Yep, exactly. So they're they're a they're a kind of a healthcare administration, right? They do um they uh they manage, you know, like uh rapid like rapid recovery centers, mm-hmm. right? So they do they do a lot of rehab. Um uh these these kind of live in rehab or um Kind of not not quite a nursing home, if you will, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. but to give people kind of an idea of you know of what what they are, right? They're living facilities, assisted living, yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of assisted living for got for people, you know, post surgery, post, you know, whatever type of health uh, event, condition, etc. So, um, but Josh has been awesome to work with and get to know better, and and uh, those guys provide some pretty invaluable experience, you know, and advice that. You know, a lot of guys probably haven't ever gotten in the past at BYU, right? Yeah. BYU's connections are unmatched. Yep. They really are. You know, when I was getting recruited out of high school, um, Princeton was actually in the mix. And uh, that's one thing they really touted, you know, was like 
Princeton, you know, we have graduates doing this and this and, and this you get all jobs. over the world. Yeah, exactly. And so they're like, we can connect you with so many people. Yeah. And you know, that was, you know, that was really cool. BYU does it better. Yeah. Hands down. That's why, that's why I stayed here. Um, being from the Bay area, not being LDS. Um, I immediately saw that. And I have close teammates that, that are LDS or they're not LDS. They're like me black as well. They'll try to go back home and like six to uh, six months to 12 months later, they, they, they come back because they know the connections that they have. And, and once they kind of get past the I'm not LDS and I'm, and I'm, I'm a I'm a minority. It's, it's irrelevant. They realize how important that BYU connection is. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And you graduate this month. I do. And so this nice. next year, as you prepare for your final year of eligibility and tinker more with school, are, are very important for your NIL relationships as well, especially the mentoring, because you're on your way out into the real world. Exactly. Whether that world's the NFL or, or business, you're, that's where you are. That's next. School is finally ending. Thankfully. Thankfully. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So that's gone well for you. I know the Royal Blue Collective and, and the other groups are working hard to keep BYU competitive in that field. You feel they're competitive in that field. Yeah, absolutely, because... You know, and, and honestly, we're not, you know, we're not a school that we're not going to put up 10 million for a Caleb Williams. You right. know what I mean? Something like that. That's, right. that's not BYU. Right. And I don't, and I don't it never think will we, be right. And so yeah. I don't, I don't think we, we try to be that right. Oh, yeah. We offer very specific uh, benefits and, and very specific opportunities um, that you can't get at other schools. And so I think that's how we capitalize on it is, okay, yeah, there may be some, you know, there may be a monetary portion involved, but um, let's capitalize on, on our uniqueness, on those connections, on the networking, on, um, you know, our team culture, right? The re really just relationship based over, you know, we're just going to pay you a ton of money to come play here. Yeah. What we are prepared to offer you are five quick questions. <laughs> uh, and you heard, uh, you heard us grill Bronson a moment ago, and now, and now you're in the spotlight. These are rapid fire. This, it is a two-hour show, but it's the tail end, so it's not two more hours in this. So uh, b <laughs> going to hit you up with these, and let us. this is going to reveal a lot about you. Here we uh, go. Five questions with Tyler Batty. Dan, don't worry. We won't judge you, but we, we, we will pray for you. <laughs> but this is live and recorded. Uh, favorite sports movie? Ooh. You guys didn't, you couldn't, you couldn't have nah, said nah, these nah, to this me before. Is, no, Let me no, come think on. About it. Favorite sports uh, movie. Play clock. Oh. We I will Marshall. say. We are Marshall's a great one. We got Marshall. We are, we are Marshall. Bronson went with uh, the Titans. That's yeah, why Bronson. I didn't say that because yeah. I heard him say that and then you know, I don't, didn't want to be repetitive. So That's up going, there as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, just, you say, I, I said that when I, when I. Was asked these so. Okay. Hey, Marie Osmond went right with Hoosiers. She didn't even think, <laughs> didn't even think twice about. It. Okay, we are Marshall. All right. Yeah. Favorite singer, band, artist, rapper, country. I don't know artist. why you have to throw rapper. <laughs> it's singer or band. That inquires, That includes everybody. Artist. Artist. <laughs> artist. Um, I listen to a lot of different music, but uh, you know what I was listening to today during my workout? Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine. So we'll yeah, go there. I haven't heard of them. I took him out. Uh, Rage they, Against the Machine. That's kind of an 80s band, isn't it? Uh, a little bit newer. Yeah, a little okay. bit newer little than that. Like Rage Against the Machine. Yes. Okay, B-Low, yeah. put that uh, on your... Yeah, I put, him out put that on your phone. Uh, favorite breakfast cereal? Ooh, Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Okay. That's, a, that's, a, that's a common yeah. one. Uh, favorite defensive player? 
All time. All time. Anywhere. BYU. Anywhere. Anywhere. anywhere defensively. Defense. You play defense. Who's your Who's your favorite? JJ Watt. Nice. Yeah, How come? That was again. That's just who I grew up watching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like really. So, because I, I didn't, I didn't grow up watching football, right? Uh, for those listening to get to know me a little bit better, and for you guys to get to know me a little bit better, sports weren't. We weren't a sports household. Mm. Like what was going on? Farming out farming. there in Payson? No, you know, I'm not kidding. That's my like sports. My dad's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much. You should come check it out. I, I'd, I'd love to. I wouldn't have a farm. No, I'd love to. I'm serious. No, you should. To. No, okay, come down then. And, come I, down and then. I know that you guys are big into horses and right. the whole the whole thing. So, so growing up here in the south part of Utah County, where yeah. we are, yeah, you, you had a farm. Still do. The family yeah. still does. Yes, sir. And and that was your life. And so, when did sports become a thing? We again, we played sports growing up. You know, everyone would play rec league. Um, you know, I had siblings that played in high school. I had a sister that played uh, rugby at UVU, actually. Um, but that was that was really the extent of it, right? And so, uh, football wasn't like we weren't a football family. And so, both of my brothers played football in high school. Um, it was just kind of like, oh, this is fun. They were both way more involved in kind of motorsports, so yeah, dirt biking, yeah, snowmobiling, sense. stuff yeah. like that. Uh, we spent a lot of time outdoors. And so for me, it was just like, all right, yeah, football. And so when I started watching football in junior high and through high school. It was Watt. Yeah, J.J. Watt was the man. Yeah, the Did man. you ever uh, compete in rodeo at the Spanish Fork Rodeo Grounds? I didn't. Uh no. Did, you weren't into that? No, I did. I did 4-H when I was younger, which yeah. is like, you know, kind of tamed, tamed back a little bit rodeo. Um, plenty of backyard rodeos. Backyard rodeos. I have been bucked off the horse more <laughs> than once. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Here's the last one. Number five. Uh, favorite childhood Christmas moment. You see how after this interview, everyone knows... Tyler Batty, like they didn't know oh, before. It. These, are, these are good. These are good questions. They're making me think. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Probably one of the most memorable uh, was one year when when we got bikes for Christmas. What got, kind of bikes? Uh, they were some Diamondback. They were like just like uh, they were hardtails, right? So so a single shock up front, hardtail Diamondbacks. Mine was blue. My brother's was green. Nice. Um, I remember Christmas morning is my favorite thing. Christmas is my holiday. Yeah. I I have. I have so many good memories. And so, but that was one where we came out, you know, we, uh, you know, the tree always looks great in the morning yeah. and all the presents, you're so excited. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember they were in the garage and so they're like, oh wait, what's this in the garage? And opened up. Yeah. Santa can't get everything. In the house. <laughs> no, no, but it was snowing. Right. And so it was snowing. There was fresh snow outside. We didn't care. We grabbed the bikes. We went outside we started riding in the snow nice. and, and, uh, that was, that's definitely one of my favorite ones. That's a classic. That's awesome. The great. Tyler Batty uh, getting ready for his final year at BYU yeah, and I'm the Cougars' good, second year in the Big 12. And would, yeah, would you please expose farm life to be low? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Put yeah. him on a horse and make sure you're recording it. I've been, I've been on horses. Let's definitely record it. I've, I've, yeah, been, yeah. On, I've been on horses. I'm sure you have, but, but you haven't been on his horses. No, no, no. And, and, and like, if you guys need help, like if there's a day you need help to do stuff, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm – I'm serious, man. I want to get a farm. Every day. Every okay. day there's something All right, to do. I'm going to text you right now. Something to do. That's something you'll learn. If you want a farm, that's something you'll learn. There's a never-ending list of stuff to do. So man, you're always welcome to come down. That'll be awesome. I'm yeah, looking forward to those pictures. Uh, Tyler Batty with us. <laughs> Taking videos. Here on The Wise Guys. Let's have you hang right there, and we're going to roll out of here with a couple of things. We end each show with a history lesson on this day. Things that happened on December 11th. Is it the 11th today? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think sure. it's the 11th. Is it? The, I don't, I'm sorry. The, my calendar runs my life, so <laughs> yeah. I just, I just know what's next. Yes, the 11th. It's the 11th. <laughs> On this day, 18, or 1787, Pennsylvania becomes the second state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. Uh, 1822, the U.S. recognizes Mexico as an independent nation. 1858, the first Canadian coins go into circulation. So blame the Canadians on this day for those Canadian coins. Greg. Could always end up in your pocket. We got to blame Greg Rebel. Yeah. Uh, uh, 1930, Baseball Rules Committee revises the rule book. Um, A ball that bounces over the fence is no longer a home run, but a ground rule double. That changed the, the world of baseball right there, 1930. 1965, Bears running back Gail Sayers ties the NFL record with six touchdowns in a 61-20 win over San Francisco at Wrigley Field. 1968, Arthur Ashe becomes the first black man to be ranked number one in tennis. 1976, Joe Namath plays his last game with the Jets. Uh, 2000 U.S. Supreme Court releases its decision on the Florida recount. It's funny, we talked about that Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Uh, awarding the White House to George W. Bush instead of Al Gore. That was, that was uh, uh, I was in the news business then. It was just a crazy, crazy time. Hey, uh, before we say so long, we want to show you Christy Duffin, who has been on our show earlier in the year, got this uh, birthday present from the BYU, or Christmas present from the BYU Athletic Department. And Tyler, you'd appreciate this. I think we got a picture of that. DJ, do we have that picture up? This uh, she sent us that she said she got her Christmas present from the BYU Athletic Department. Nice. In there is this book called C is for <laughs> Cougar. That, uh, that's my new book. But look at that tree. That tree's as BYU'd yeah. out as a tree could possibly be. It's gorgeous. And she sent that to us. Christy, thank you. Have a Merry Christmas. And we appreciate all that. And I love seeing that book under the tree. Uh, that's awesome. Birthdays on this day. And I, you know what? These might be December 12th when I was writing this show. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Sinatra uh, this week uh, in 1915 born this week. 1923 is Bob Barker. Bob Barker, how about that? 1935 this week, Al Harrington, the father of our friend Alema, uh, actor on Hawaii Five-0. I didn't know that until I read that. Yeah, how I about no, that? I had no idea. Uh, 1940, Dion Warwick, Solid Gold, what's that? Uh, it's some show. Oh, it was okay. on back in the day. Okay. Jennifer Connolly, a birthday in 1970. And deaths this week in 2020, Mike Leach, BYU grad, Mississippi State head coach, uh, passed away uh, this week in 2020. Our Wise Guys inspirational quote of the week is from Gail Sayers. The Lord is first, my friends are second, and I am third. Isn't that cool? The great Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers. We thank Bronson Kafusi and Tyler Batty. Jimmer Fredette next week with Ross Oppo. Uh, C is for Cougar. That's available at DeseretBook.com and all those locations. Siegel Book as well. Uh, check that out. It's the ultimate Christmas gift where there's a legend behind every letter. Uh, I didn't go with Batty for B because oh, we didn't use current <laughs> players. But you can take that up with Robbie Bosco. Uh, who won oh, the national that's title. That's fair. And and you see Austin Colley locked down the letter C, Ty Detmer the letter D, and Matt Zundell has the letter Z. There's Steve Young at Y. Um, so I reached out to Matt, and I, I had to get everyone's permission to include him in this book. And uh, and he texts back thinking it was uh, a scam. He's like, <laughs> really? Is Dave McCann actually texting me? Is this really you? And I'm like, yeah, it's really me. And I, I said, hey, I'm, I'm doing this book, and I'd love your permission to, to use your picture and name and some stats 
for the letter Z. And he goes, never in my life did I think anyone would ever call me and ask me for permission to be in their book. (laughs) And I said, brother, you have the right last name. I need a Z and you're it. And uh, so then uh, we sent it to him and and he's just loved it. But uh, it's a great little thing for, for BYU fans. So check that out. Um, podcast will be up tomorrow and look for our clips throughout YouTube and uh, throughout the week. And again, we'll be back next week as we get closer to Christmas. Velo, thank you for sitting in with us. Anytime. As like, always. Like I, like I said, anytime. Tyler, it's good to have you here. Always a pleasure. And you got that off-season beard going. Yeah, yeah. good, man. Christmas, Christmas break. Christmas beard. Christmas break coming in. Nice. Really good. Appreciate it. Thanks for watching the Wise Guys, everybody. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time.